Do you seriously think I'd explain my masterstroke if there remained the slightest chance of you affecting its outcome? <laughs> I did it 30 seconds ago. Ozymandias. Maggots, curs, and mewling quims thereupon. This is modern escapism. Welcome to the show. My name is Darth Oodles, and today I am joined by Stig. When they touch down, we'll blow up the roof, we'll spend a month sifting through rubble, and by the time they work out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. <laughs> Excellent. Candy. Perhaps he's wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> also, Biggie. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Gadget. I don't need anyone else. I have Ouroboros. Ouroboros will be released into the atmosphere oh, ensuring glo- complete global saturation. <laughs> That's quite niche. <laughs> I, I know I know. And the five people who, who'll get it will really enjoy it. <laughs> I liked it. Anyway, without further ado, this is Modern Escapism, and we've got something to sell to you. Take it away, Stig. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliantly sold. I'll buy that for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought we were going to talk about the the live show first. Take my money. I'll do Patreon first. Do the money first. Yeah, hang on. Right, go again. <laughs> no, 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 I'm keeping in. all that in. in. <laughs> okay, if you I want more excellent show. content just like that, <laughs> <laughs> then we have a Patreon. And if you go to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you'll see on there three tiers that we do. For £5 a month, you'll get modern escapees, and that will get you an extended edition of this episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special a month, and then any other specials that we currently do. If you are into Dungeons and Dragons, then we do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Do Dragons Dream of Scott Sheep. And for £5, the Scott Sheep uh, tier will get you uh, ad-free early access to the episode. It will get you uh, free artwork and music and character sheets and anything that we create for the show. And you will be able to suggest NPCs and items for Gadget to use in the campaign. And if you're feeling flush, and why wouldn't you be? £7.50, the Biggie Bundle, that gets you everything. And a lamb kebab. my favourite tier. It is. Go Big E or go home. That's what we always say. Thank you very much. So, normally we'd be getting, to, getting into what we've been doing this week, but last week we did something very special, didn't we? we oh, yes. We became live broadcasters. Yeah. And it was triumphant and sexy and hilarious and just, wow. I was want it, to get your thoughts on it, guys. Was, uh, was Oodles breaking the law then if he was a live broadcaster and doesn't have a... TV <laughs> I've not watched it. <laughs> Blackout. It's okay, I'm in the simple. <laughs> Grassing yourself up. Right, yeah, yeah. so what, what do you guys think of that? How, how did you feel? 
so much fun. I was literally, I was buzzing. And normally after I you do the podcast. three times. I did. I had to flap the tears back in and everything. But normally after we record, I go more or less straight to, to bed. But I was buzzing for hours. I just went mm. to the living room to play games. And I was like, awake, awake, awake. And then absolutely crashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I absolutely loved it. Like, I was a bit slightly nervous to start with just because I've never done it before. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. I loved interacting with the chat. It went really smooth, like that. Though, didn't yeah. it? it was, yeah, it did go really smooth. I like this one. <laughs> it, 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 it meant Gadget had a, not a week off, because he still had other podcasts to, to edit, but a bit of an easier Monday, didn't you? Well, it, t- it took me an hour to edit as opposed to seven, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a world of difference. I, I really liked it. Um, the thing is, like Gadget had like front row seats to his own live thing, because he had all the OBS screens in front of him. For me, it was... It felt a bit surreal, like I'm watching myself. Obviously, I can hear myself, everyone live, but I was watching myself react to something I'd said 30 seconds ago. It was so weird to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Closest I'll ever be to a Time Lord. But yeah, we had, I, um, I just wanted to point out some feedback on that as well. Yeah, go, um, yeah, do it. Yeah. So, DJ Walsh of uh, Snugcast fame. Yeah, rest in, he, re, rest in peace. I was going to say. Rest in peace. <laughs> 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 DJ, he's mate. doing better than he's, 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 he's only got get well soon. Get well soon, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you understand it? No, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. There, I'm were, there were complications. I am currently drunk. So <laughs> he, he he just said he's going to be alarmed now. Yeah, uh, he wasn't ready for Candy's little speech on this week's modern escapism. What a treasure! I just thought it was really oh, nice. Oh, rest and, in yeah. peace, mate. Yeah, and uh, we had a load in the Discord as well, so that uh, of. Really nice words, people saying they really enjoyed it. So it was really nice yeah. to hear that. Yeah, it, it was it was the most sober I've ever been as well, and I think people could tell. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's not interrupting as much, <laughs> that kind of I, thing. I think you can, um, you can set a coherent thought. In it. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was suggested to us that we do Christmas one live. Oh, um, I I put it forward if everyone else feels like about it that we do Christmas and birthday. Live, yeah, yeah, happy yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah, we do the yeah. Christmas and birthday. Seems like a good two good dates to do live podcasts. What about Scott th- Cheap I, I th- as well? I was going to say, I think maybe for the, maybe for the birthday episode of Score Cheap, we'll do that one live as well. Yeah, yep. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Tune in for which that. which will be an absolute fucking clusterfuck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because the amount of stuff I cut out of Score Cheap of me like looking up the rules to something, <laughs> all of us finding dice that's oh, fallen look, off. We'll be we'll be absolute pros by then. Be fine. I don't think we will. <laughs> no. and also, the, the nervousness will. about opening the parcel after the, the Christmas episode with the, some of the presents. <laughs> it was very relieving to have such lovely gifts. I had lovely Christmas uh, presents. I don't care what anyone else got. Yeah, I got great Christmas presents. I, <laughs> I got sting. It'd be better this year, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, in a nappy. Excellent, brilliant. I'm I'm glad, and I'm glad everyone that tuned in liked it. And yeah, um, absolutely. But honestly, sorry, DJ. Get well soon, mate. (laughs) Unless it's too late. Unless it's too late. RIP. Otherwise, condolences (laughs) to the family. Could, could, could we title this episode uh, Rest in Peace DJ? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excellent. So let's just let's just get on with it. Let's Gadget, what the friggin' hell have you been doing this week? Uh okay, so a couple of things to talk about. First one I'm gonna talk about is 
Um, so you know, I started playing um, Days Gone a couple of weeks ago. You did, and I, and I said this is a nice long game. It's going to take me a while. Um, I, I was a bit of a smooth-brained idiot, and I decided to start playing Persona Five, which you is idiots. an even longer game. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Persona Five is a it's a JRPG slash social high school anime social mm. thing. It might be the weebiest game I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, it's easy, easily, and I play <laughs> and it for played, a living. And, I, and I've played Doki Doki Literature. <laughs> yeah, so have you know, I. <laughs> it, and it's weebier than that. Um, you play as a kid who, well, it, he's kind of nameless, he's kind of voiceless, but he has a voice, but you, you only talks when you go in and edit menus or when you're actually in yeah, fights. they all call him Joker, don't they, as well? Yeah, uh, you play as this kid who gets brought into the, into the lifestyle of being a phantom thief mm. by transplanting himself between realities. Because via an app on his smartphone, yeah. because apparently that's a thing that can happen to Japanese teenagers. Because of if cat. you didn't know, yeah, or if you have a Facebook um, account, or if you have a Facebook account, yeah. allegedly. Uh, and it's hard to describe because I'm like 12 hours into it. I've done the first dungeon, and I don't really know what the fuck's going on. Um, the thing is, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm really kind of engrossed in it. Um, it's one of these games that I think it'll be probably around about hour 30 that the kind of the full run of the plot opens up to you. No, you're wrong. <laughs> no? Oh, fuck's sake. No. About, uh, I'll be realistic with you, about hour 60. What's the point? So about 120 hours it took me to beat it. I mean, the thing is, the game itself is really enjoyable. At oh, its, its core, it's a, it, at its core, it's, core, it's a dungeon crawler. It's Pokemon. Um yeah, it's 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 a dungeon crawler crossed with like kind of Final Fantasy and Pokemon. Um, it's got a gorgeous art style. Oh, I God, absolutely yeah. love it the does. art. Um, for a translated game with with uh, voice actors over text, it's great. The voice acting's pretty good, actually. I quite like some of it. I like the characters. Uh, Ryuji's hilarious. Anne is. I okay, think you're the only annoying. person that said this online. That is a, a Ryuji stan. I don't think anyone likes Ryuji. I, I quite like him. He seems earnest. I don't dislike him. He's just a proper... He reminds me of Zell. Remember from FF8? Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah, I get <laughs> Zell energy from him. Um, and, yeah, like, I like the combat. I like the, the use of the personas to do certain powers. Yeah. Part of the dungeon crawl thing that I like, like, unlike some dungeon crawlers, like you just go in and you you go in the dungeon. It takes you about an hour to work it's your way through. You beat mm. the boss and you come out. With this one, you actually have to kind of plan yourself. You have to like ma- manage your energy. You have to manage like your um, your items and your inventory. You can kind of only go so far into a dungeon before you then have to back out, wait a couple of in-game days, and then go back in. And I quite like that. It's a dungeon heist, Is it- isn't it? Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's got a, it's got a lot of the the, the vibes of the heists from GTA. So. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I'll keep playing it and I'll report back when I in probably three months when I get near don't, the don't, end of it. Don't don't just drop. Anything until uh, you, you've got to mention that soundtrack. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. the music—it's like banging. jazz fusion. Fucking, it's, I don't even yeah. really like jazz, but that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's like I, I think it's it's like if you took Jamiroquai, yeah. uh, but then but then put a Hammond organ in the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was when I was playing it the other day, and like Pip was sat watching um, along, like she was had no idea what was going on, but like she started singing like the it's battle like music, yeah, yeah, and she started like. Um, the did 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 that, yeah, that, that some piece of music like, and yeah, soundtrack's absolutely banging. So, um, and that's another one of these one the, the kind of PS4 classics that's on the PS5 if you've um, yes. got the PS Plus. So worth playing. The main thing I want to talk about is I've 
Oodles, you're going to love what I'm about to say because I read a book. You read a book? A book? A book. A book. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, no, <laughs> book. You read a book. <laughs> I read a book. Um, I read uh, in, in the space of a week as well, which I mean, I can, I'm a pretty fast reader, but it's very rare that I'll read an entire novel in a week. Um, and this was Wool by Hugh Howey. Uh, this is a post-apocalyptic science fiction book um, that wrongly on the front of it says it's the next Hunger Games. It's not now fucking like the Hunger Games. <laughs> that almost put me off it. The concept is something akin to Fallout. Ooh. Oh, Candy's oh. ears just went. <laughs> so imagine a post-apocalyptic wasteland where being outside is toxic. At Newcastle. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like the the whatever's happened in the world, there is this kind of choking fog, these toxins in the air. It's impossible to exist out there. Oh, like Pontifrat um, then? Sorry, yeah, I got yeah. confused. <laughs> the human race has been now exists within a silo, which is one hundred and forty-four, uh, sorry, one hundred and thirty-nine levels deep silo Ooh. built under the ground, and within that silo, um, everything twists around on itself. There is central set of stairs that leads you from the very top to the bottom. That is human existence in that silo. Wow. Um, the populace inside can see outside due to um, cameras that are around the outside. They can see out in the world. They know how desolate it is. The book starts off with um, a character who is the sheriff who whose wife died sev- several years earlier, and he's been crestfallen for years. And she was sent for the cleaning, and he goes he goes to his deputy and says i want to do the cleaning i want to go outside which is a forbidden thing to think you don't want to go outside it's against the rules so he gets sent for cleaning which is he puts on he puts on the, an environment suit he walks out into into the outside sees blue skies everywhere <gasps> oh. around him Todd Howard. and he's 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 happy and he's elated so what so what he does to to show everyone what can happen uh, what the outside is really like. He does the cleaning. He cleans the lenses of these cameras and these sensors. And as he's running up the hill away from the door, the toxins get in the suit. <gasps> and he dies next to the corpse of his wife. Oh, my God. That's how the, that's how the book starts. Wow. Um, and so the, the next rung of the book is them trying to find the new sheriff, who is a character called uh, Juliet. Mm. And the whole book is about their survival. Um, and the lies that they are told and the truths that they'll find out along the way. And it's fucking incredible. Mate, I'm in. I'm it's in. so Same. good. It's a series of three books. It's called the Silo series. So I've just picked up this, uh, the second two books, which are Shift and Dust. I'm in. Um, but I, it, it, it's a long book. It's about 500 pages long, but I blasted through it so quickly. There is one section later um, in, in a later section of the book where Juliet has to do a bit because Ju- Juliet's a mechanic within yeah. the silo. She has to do some maintenance in a flooded area of the silo. It is honestly the tensest bit of writing I've ever oh. encountered. Like, at the end of that sequence, and I'm not going to say how it ends or what happens during it, but at the end of that sequence, I realised I was holding my own breath. <laughs> like, it's so I've well done that written, reading so well and you go, <gasps> Yeah, I did that during uh, some Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, it's so well written, it's so tense. The only thing I don't quite like about it is, and if you, if you read, if you have read the book, or if you read the book, I don't quite like Bernard's character. You're not. To, it Does he have a watch? <laughs> he steals someone's watch. Oh, <laughs> but oh, no. um, 
yeah, I just don't like how his character is done. I get why he is the way he is, but I just don't. I just kind of don't like that. You know, well, you know full well this is going to be a film. I was just going to say it already sounds like it would make a good one. It, I don't know. It would make a bad film. It would make a great HBO series. Oh, oh yeah, because there is so much in it. There's so many characters. Email them. Double crosses, triple crosses. There's there's deaths, there's births, there's oh, there's everything. It's so so good. Um, nice. so yeah, Wool by Hugh Howey. Uh, just just pick up a copy. It's so so good. I already oh. have. As you were speaking, I just downloaded <laughs> it on Audible. <laughs> I just got a Kindle and I need books. It is on Audible, it, by mate. the way. <laughs> nice. It's on Audible. Um, yep. Oh, it's on I mean, Audible. Yeah. Who's narrating it? I will find out for you. It's a big. It's a big thing on Audible lately. That there is. A, there is also a graphic novel version of it as well. Oh. Susanna Harker. I and don't know who that is. So must be a good thing. Um, yeah, I I really I really enjoy it. And it's one of those books I just found it really difficult to put down. Like I tend to read for an, like half an hour, an hour before I go to bed, and I'm like then like closing the book and looking at me clock, and it's like two in the morning. I'm like shit, it's supposed to be an early night tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. parrel through thirty chapters. <laughs> that's, that's that's what you want, mate. You love to see it. Excellent, yeah. excellent, great, great start, Biggie. What you've been doing, boy? Oh, I didn't know you coming to me. Uh, yeah, so um, I watched the Beastie Boys story on yes. Apple. Yes, yes. Uh, Beastie Boys story is a 2020 American live documentary film. It's directed, produced, and written by Spike Jones, who um, not only is a director, but he did a couple of their videos for the Beastie Boys, Sabotage, Sure Shot, that come to mind. Um, it's alongside with um, Michael Diamond, Mike D, and Adam Horowitz, which is Ad Rock, uh, the remaining members of the Beastie Boys. It was filmed at King's Theatre in Brooklyn, New York, and it's adapted from the Beastie Boys book, A Memoir of the Beastie Boys. Mm. Uh, it's basically a PowerPoint presentation by the remaining members oh, um, yes. with them reminiscing about their life. It's supported by interviews, film footage, music and photos on a massive screen behind them. So they basically just got an audience sitting there watching them up on stage and they're just talking. Wow. Um, it's a story of friendship, fame, failure, and finding themselves. And it forms a heartfelt tribute to Adam Yelp, the who uh, was MCA, who sadly passed away to cancer in 2012. Yeah. They cover uh, the early years of punk, the influences of um, funk, hip-hop, uh, soul. Um, they talk about losing their friends themselves, becoming the very caricatures that they were rapping about. Um, after the early successes, um, when they were supporting Run DMC and Madonna, of all things, we yeah. didn't even realise, um, they ended up having um, their own success with Licence to Ill, which came out in 86. Um, they basically burned out after non-stop touring, decided to take a break, um, They're doing a lot of uh, drugs and everything else. Um, and then they returned with Paul's Boutique in 1989, uh, setting up a massive launch event, but it, it was a commercial failure. And uh, it did lead on to be critically acclaimed. I don't think it's a shit album at all. It's, it, listen to it now, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, they went off um, again to find themselves um, with a fresh look and becoming better because they're self-taught musicians as well. Um, they returned with Check Your Head in 92 and Ill Communication in 94. With the mainstream success in hand, um, they followed this up with Hello Nasty in 98, to the Five Burrows in 2004, the Mix Up 2007, finally. Uh, in the um, 2011 Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, just before the death of um, Adam Yelk, um, who is presented basically as the core member of the group. Um, he was always striving to be better, driving the group forward and forever experimenting with new techniques and sounds. His death obviously affected the group. And you can really see that love 
from them, um, particularly when they talk about the events um, leading up to the death. It was just really, you can, yeah, you can see the emotion in the eyes. It's uh, amazing. Um, it's an unusual presentation, but then that basically typifies the Beastie Boys. And if you're a fan of their music, then it's an absolute must-see. If not, and you're out for discovering a unique trio of friends who constantly push the boundaries of hip-hop, um, then uh, you, basically you're onto a sure shot. The next day, uh, I went back through their music with a new perspective um, and appreciation and just sat there whilst working, listening to their music. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I think Beast about that, that legacy. Like, I remember being like dead into them. I think I think they capture teenage angst quite well. Mm. Yeah. And when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, I love these. And then some of my mates were like, oh, yeah, but it's not Jay-Z. Oh, it's not this. And I'm like, oh, come on, it's Beastie Boys. It's fun. It's it's a celebration. You know what I mean? And I, I felt like I was a bit of an outcast with that, but I didn't give a fuck. I love Beastie Boys. I always will. I think they're one of those bands that kind of transcend genres, aren't they? Like, yeah. I th- I, Prodigy are probably another good example of that. Yeah, it doesn't are, matter yeah. what you're into. Everyone loves the Beastie Boys. You could always you, you could you could you'd, you could put MTV Bass on Beastie Boys are on it. You could put Kerrang on Beastie Boys are on it. MTV Two on normal MTV. Do you know what I mean? They, they're on like every genre. It was oh, what a you just what a you band. listen to again how their music has changed and they just reinvent themselves every time. It's almost like if their last album was a success, then yeah. the next album they're going to do is completely different <laughs> to the last yeah. one. Yeah. You know, there's there's no coherence really. Um, you, you can just see how they they've um, developed, matured. Um, yes, they were in trouble. They talk about um, their uh, immature, oh, sorry, their immature attitude. Yeah. Um, to their friends, to women. Um, there's a regrets from a lot of the misogynistic ways. Absolutely. Um, and then they just talk about how things have changed and they matured and found themselves. And yeah, it's an unusual documentary. It's filmed very well, but considering they're actually just standing it's on like stage, like a TED talk. Yeah, wow! But it, it was just really good. I just really enjoyed it, and I also want to read the books. Apparently, the book is massive. Yeah, um, but I've also heard that the audio book is really good because obviously it's with them. Mm. Um, so I want to track that down. But yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. Really good. Oh, what a what a shit! I'll get that watch this week, mate. Absolutely, hundred percent. You said it's on Apple TV. Yes, <clears throat> brilliant, excellent. Um, Candy, what you've been doing? A couple of things this week. I went to see Free Guy at the cinema. Free Guy. Um, that is the film that stars Ryan Reynolds as an NPC that becomes self-aware. Um, it was actually released about a year and a half later than I than it was intended, I think. But I I would say that that was probably a good thing because um, I was a little <laughs> bit burnt out on Ryan Reynolds straight off uh, Deadpool. Um, I saw a trailer of it right before. So I've been seeing trailers for uh, the last like year or so. I saw it at E3, um, I think, last year. Yeah, and... Um, they released a new trailer just before it was released and it actually put me off a little bit. Um, I thought it <laughs> revealed a little bit too much of what would have been a funny surprise. Um, actually, it ended up not being too much of a spoiler, so it wasn't too bad. Um, I expected it to be a little bit like the Truman Show and it wasn't really, um, but it did sort of hit me in the feels. It was it was a, a bit of a surprise, actually. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought. Um, there was some nice gamer chat in there as well. It was not too OTT. Oh, not like. <laughs> it wasn't too like shove it in your face. We're elite and this, that, and the other. Um, my initial thoughts were I, I would have liked to have seen maybe more Easter eggs 
like gaming props maybe in the style of Ready Player One, but actually, I, I like 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 uh, Wreck It Ralph as well, that kind of thing where you, yeah, where yeah. you just you can just look in background and there's just references. Just see this, and, and there, there was a little bit of that, but it, actually, it wouldn't have made sense in the film, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi was in it as well, and he um, just steals the show in every scene that he's in, which he's is in everything uh, these days. Yeah, is incredible. I love him. I love him. Mm. Uh, I also watched a new TV show on Netflix called Brand New Cherry Flavor. I oh, I've heard of this. Are you sure that was Netflix it? and not um, The Hub? <laughs> <laughs> it was The Flicks. Um, so it's a horror drama with some elements of dark t- comedy. It's based on a novel by Todd Grimson. It's uh, set in the 90s. The story centres around Lisa Nova, who's a writer and director who comes to LA with the intent of directing her first movie. Um, now, she got stabbed in the back proper Hollywood style and her creation was basically taken away from her. So she enlists the help of a local witch. Uh, as you do. The, as you do. I have. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> to curse the person who got in her way. Um, it's, it's a nice mix of America, sort of early American horror story before it started going a bit tits up and um, the most recent version of Sabrina. So it's a little bit sort of dark and trippy and it becomes more so. It becomes more its own style as the season goes on. Um, I almost don't want to discuss too much of the story because it does take a few twists and turns and there's some moments in it that will just kind of leave you blinking in confusion. <laughs> um, but if it, if it sounds like it's your cup of tea, I, I really, really recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's really, really bingeable. Maybe you save it to October or something uh, if you want something Halloween to watch. But yeah, it's, it's really good. I just can't describe too much about what it's about because I'll, I'll just give it all away. It's not like as like, and I don't mean to offend anyone here. It's not like as shitty as like Riverdale, is it? No, because Riverdale's so corny. Everyone in Riverdale's a fucking pro wrestler. It's ridiculous. Everyone's like Riverdale. <laughs> I think it's well established that no one actually likes Riverdale. Oh, that's good then. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> Do you know what's quite upsetting? Is so, Candy. You say it was set in the nineties. Yeah. Everything keeps going back to the nineties for nostalgia now. <laughs> Yeah. Old. Yeah. yeah. It used to be the 70s and the 80s. Now we're hitting the 90s. There's been a few things on Netflix there. They started yeah. focusing on the 90s. It's like, yeah. we're there. I don't know how I feel. We're there now. <laughs> yeah, they used to say, like, how 90s, you felt in the 90s. 90s were the decade that fashion <laughs> forgot and stuff like that. But you look back and there's quite iconic is the 90s. There are people wearing says. stuff now. Yeah. It looks exactly. like straight out of the 90s. I think it's the 90s was Britain's era, wasn't it? Like the. Uh, <laughs> Kind of Oasis and Pulp, and uh, so the '90s for us was good. Maybe not the States so much. The Kappa tracksuits are coming back in big style as well. So <laughs> the poppers, flashy, oh, colourful trousers and yeah. jackets and stuff. Yeah, I'm all for it. I like the '90s. Bit of tie dye, bit of tie dye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the for the Pearl Jam fans and stuff. And bucket hats. Yeah, bucket hats. Um, <laughs> oh God, what, what? I like that decade. Fine. Curtain hairstyles. <clears throat> What's wrong with curtain hairstyles? Like? <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, good. Excellent. Thank you, Candy. Stig, you've been doing bro. Uh, first one I'll talk about, uh, we'll skip through it quickly. I know you played it as well, 12 minutes. Mm, yeah, well, I think we need to talk about it. Um, I was really looking forward to this. I think it was one of the ones where a lot of people, when they saw Same. the art style and the, the premise of the game on the original trailers, it was really intrigued, intrigued that a was lot of people. That was wasn't it, like three years ago? I was yeah. buzzing for it, me, mate. I've been buzzing for Everyone it Everyone was like kind of really... Wasn't for it, and it started to get quite good word from the press as it was as it came out. Um, but 
I don't think the reaction from people who've played it is quite as up there like that, and I can see why. I actively don't like it. That's my opinion now. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know whether I want to bother carrying on with it or not. I've got to a point now where I've, I've unlocked part of the story where I think oh, I could go on now and, and find out what happens. But yeah. from what I've read on forums and stuff, non-spoilery, people just say just it's just more of the same and more. And it goes sh- nowhere. Shit writing and yeah. Who made the game? I can't even remember. Indie, indie developed. It, oh, okay. it, it's got big names because it's got Daisy Ridley um, and um, Willem Dafoe in it. And it's got Daisy Ridley. And it's, made, it's made by Annapurna. Anna James McAvoy voicing the two leads. As Americans. put American accents on. <laughs> Why did you bother? You can't tell it's them. You no. can tell it's Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Green you Goblin, can't tell it's them. Down. It's like, why? But yeah, I, <laughs> honestly, I think I probably spent an hour and a half, two hours playing this game and it's a lot of trial and error, which doesn't bother me. It's click and, it's point and click. It's, it works better with, on the PC with a mouse. Which, yeah. And, but it was just... I was just watching the same thing over and over and over again. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, And then there's a point where I figured out what I need to do. I was like, okay, I'll do that and do that. All right. I know what to do here. And It doesn't work. <laughs> I want to be spoilery about it because of how stupid it is, but I don't know if anyone in here is that bothered. Put a klaxon there. Yeah. If you want to avoid spoilers for 12 minutes, skip ahead to 31 minutes on the time code. Thank you. So, this game is Abusive Husband Simulator. Yes, Abusive Husband Simulator. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, really? Yeah, it is. It is. You go in, <laughs> and the, one of the things you have to do to try and ignore fix your wife for one. ignore her. Uh, the other one is drug her. Yep. The other one what? is... Yeah, to find out where the watch she's hidden is, you have to go into the apartment, yep. hide in the cupboard before she knows you've come home, so when the cop turns up, he beats her up and kills is, her while you yeah. just sit in the cupboard and watch. Yeah. It's and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. This is so stupid and ridiculous. And people say it gets even worse. Yeah, you verbally just... abuse her all the way through it. It's horrible. Yeah. So I just don't know Fucking if I can hell. be asked playing it. Like, so yeah. That's... I, Where do I sign up? Off my list. <laughs> yeah. The thing it, is, I've seen online. I've seen now. online. There's there's fifty percent of people saying, "Oh, this is fantastic," and then fifty saying, "This is this is horrible. This yeah. is crap." I, I don't just, know what I, I don't know what premise. it is. I loved the premise and the idea, but the it's execution so gorgeous to look is at. So shit. <sighs> and it was just that thing that's tipped me over the point. I was like, "Oh, I'll carry on because I figured out if I hide in the cupboard yeah. and she doesn't see me, then I'll see. I'll I'll find out from her what happens." And I'm yeah. sat there watching, going. I have to just sit through this. Watching her get braid. Getting braid and then getting shot. Well, as a husband, you do nothing about it. Yeah. And the stupid thing about that is, what happens if that's the time, that's how you break the time loop? Yeah. You've just Horrible. watched her die and you can't do anything about it. It's just like, yeah, shit. So yeah, disappointing on that one. Sorry, sorry, Annapurna, you've dropped the ball yeah. this time. First so, time ever. Moving on what I wanted to talk about and what I'm really happy about and absolutely loved this week. I'm going to talk some wrestling, Biggie. Wrestling. <laughs> Gonna talk some wrestling. Yeah. This week, if you're into wrestling, I know we've got a few listeners that are because I talked to them privately about it as well. Oh, privately. Um, uh, was the return of CM Punk? Yeah, big big news. Seven years out of the wrestling industry. In 2014, he left the WWE due to the way he was being treated and obviously for his own health, mentally and physically. Um, 
He even states in this promo when he came back, he said, um, I could never get better in the place that made me sick in the first place. Yeah. So that's how actively, I, how bad it was for him at the time. It's very reminiscent of why kind of Dave Chappelle left Hollywood in the height of his career. It just, yeah. things just weren't right for him at the time, especially mentally. It takes a lot to admit that, I think. Yes. So he, uh, so back, a bit of background on CM Punk. He's the guy that got me back into wrestling. He's brilliant. After flittering on and off the product for in the mid 2000s, um, he started in 2005 in the WWE. I just wasn't into the product that much. And it wasn't until his famous pipe bomb promo, <laughs> what's known as the pipe bomb, uh, he just pulled me back in and a lot of other people, lapsed fans as well. Because he spent several minutes shooting on the company and those behind the scenes. I'll explain what this means in a minute. So it was obviously a work but done in a shoot style. And what that means is to shoot on someone in the wrestling industry means it's real. It's not kayfabe. If it's a work, it means that people are in on it and it's part of the product. So what they did with him was basically have him as an anti-company man, like, and basically talk about shit that happens behind the scenes, but live on air. And he just has this, he had this 10 minute promo on raw where he just went off on the company and the people, Vince McMahon and everyone that owned it and it just is if you're into wrestling it was like it was one of the things that just drew you back in on YouTube it felt very attitude it all, isn't yeah, it yeah it was all over Twitter it was all over YouTube and mm. stuff and that pulled me back in and it was just a breath of fresh air he kind of he, he has a different look to most of the wrestlers he's amazing on the mic he's really good wrestler to boot and it just hit all the right notes for someone like me who had kind of become distant from the WWE product and what he was saying was in a cliched way he was the voice of the voiceless the people who had said this is shit <laughs> this is why we're not fans anymore and he was pointing out that kind of stuff um so but then he left i like the way you refer to wrestling as like a product as if it's like a drug no it is a product though it is no, it's a bring the product no it's <laughs> <laughs> the product yeah no the rest the product of wrestling but yeah he um he left in 2014 and then he spent the next seven years doing other stuff like he, he fought in the UFC very unsuccessfully. Yeah. He, he did some TV shows and some films. And he's always said, if the right offer comes around, then you know I'll come back to wrestling. But I think what's happened is because of AEW coming around and getting as good as they are and as popular as they are, he's found a wrestling organization that isn't going to kill him mentally and physically like the WWE is. Has he got a bit more freedom and stuff like that? Yes, it's a bit yeah. more freedom. There's less shows. There's more freedom yeah. in how you, run less your pageantry. how you run your character, how you wrestle. You can. There's no scripting, so it's not... Yeah. You aren't kind of forced to do... It's probably do, what he fell in love with the, the sport in the first yeah. place for. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. He, he states in his promo, return promo, I left professional wrestling in 2005 and I've returned on this date in 2010. 2021 and what it means by that is that WWE is a variety show it's yeah. sports entertainment it's not pro wrestling yeah yeah there's uh, a massive difference there's a big difference between what WWE do and what AEW do um, yeah for people like so like Big E and Gadget Yourself and that you might look at it and go it's, to me it's just pro wrestling but when you watch the product it's very different there's different technicalities to the actual wrestlers as well there's a it's it's like some of the Japanese wrestling you see as well. It's completely different. It's just yeah, it's, it's, it's a different like, world. Yeah, and like the thing is, is 
with AEW as well as what they're doing right now is I don't I don't subscribe to any of the WWE versus AEW shit like that's no. t- it's tiresome as fuck like you can enjoy you, everything can't just you just enjoy it there's parts of WWE I enjoy there's parts of AEW I don't enjoy it's like it's just like what you like you yeah. don't need to have this constant one one-upmanship but what the, I do like about them is that they'll take someone who's about no offense who's all the size of you yeah 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 and they'll make you look Massive. like a star against the ch- <laughs> against the world champion yeah, it's, like, it's unrealistic, I mean? isn't it? Yeah, but they'll they'll make you believe that you could be yeah. the world champion. That's kind of what they do. They build up their stars. They don't yeah. hide. They don't just push them down. That's good. That's good. Anyway, so back to Punk. The It was just incredible. I've posted this in our Discord, and I hope anyone actually had a look at this. And, I did. And just look at the emotion and the noise from that crowd. The show starts, and it is literally, it's, it, it's 15,000 people chanting CM Punk. They sold the arena out purely on a rumour that he was going to show up. Oh. That is it. There was no... It wasn't confirmed he was showing up. It was... They kind of gave it away with little nods here and there, but it was a rumour that we've booked this big stadium. Be there. You want to be there. Trust us. Wow. And it paid off, like, cult of personality, which is his theme music. That hits. The crowd loses the shit. The roar is massive. He walks out onto the ramp. The roar again is massive. And then he looked he great, hit. didn't he? He looked See, great yeah, shape. CM Punk chants like start to drown out the music. That's how loud the crowd was. That's how much <laughs> they were into it. It's cutting to people in the crowd crying. There's a there's a <laughs> meme of a man going around literally in tears, like <laughs> there because they're just so happy to see him back. Yeah. And yeah, I just fucking loved it. I got up. I was up early on Saturday morning because I had stuff to do. And the first thing I did was watch that. And I was like, fuck me, this is so good. Goosebumps, just full of, honestly, I was just full of goosebumps. Yeah, I've watched man. it about four or five times like, since. Yeah, uh, it's good, great, man. It's great. Yeah, it's- and he came out and did like a 10-minute promo about being back. He was very earnest and honest about it. He apologised, said if, if I did things or said things over the last seven years that you didn't agree with, I apologise, but I'm back. And, and it's, baby. it's the same stadium that the Chicago Bulls use. Yeah. So they kind of played off on that Michael Jordan when he came back and he's and, and the press release was just, I'm back. Oh, they exa- yeah. They did exactly that with him. Just Fucking like they released hell. a press statement and just said, I'm back. Wow. And but it's yeah, it's been the talk of Twitter, wrestling Twitter and, and everything for the last few days. It it's incredible. all over TikTok, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've been seeing it, it keeps popping up. Like considering this weekend was SummerSlam as well, which is WWE's like second biggest. Yeah, that got no event, press. <laughs> it's just, and they they had some big returns on that show, but they just relied on bringing like Goldberg and John Cena back, and it's just it's just dull. I've watched SummerSlam today; it wasn't good. No, like, and I was looking forward to a few of the matches, but it just wasn't good. And compared to what AEW doing, it's just I'm so glad that that company's come around. Um, because it's got me loving watching professional wrestling again. So very quickly, because I'm just sorry, I've been rambling wrestling, there. <laughs> no, I love it, me. Wrestling used to be like. So what's wrong with watching something like SummerSlam now? If you've just watched it today, for example, what, what's missing? Um, just heart. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just it's a quite really, hollow, isn't it? Wrestling uh, WWE it, nowadays, it's quite a hollow. It's thing. So over, it's over, too overproduced. Yeah, for one thing. And I guess maybe as a, as a as a casual fan, like there's a lot of people who come back and watch WrestleMania, yeah, every I watch year, every or year. the Royal Rumble, who don't know what's going on. They just like the Royal Rumble because it's a special match, and they like WrestleMania because it's a big 
sure. And it's fine for them. But if you're like me, you kind of keep tabs on what's going on. I listen to podcasts about it and I, I, I kind of know how. You like the athleticism of it as well, don't you? You like to see that. Yeah, I like watch. I like to watch yeah. good wrestling as well. Yeah. Like Some people it, don't. Some people just want to listen to them slagging each other off for an hour. Like there's chemistry and storytelling within the match, mm. not just promos. Yeah. So I just think they're not. I think right now that WWE is pretty creative, creatively bankrupt. Oh God! Like and morally oh, bankrupt. Yes. Yeah, they always have been. Yeah. Well, they're not. They're not. You know, they're they're, they're earning the most money they've ever earned through TV deals. But when those TV deals are out, laps, I have no idea whether they'll get those kind of deals again because viewing figures are just dropping. I'll tell you what they'll plummeting. do. They'll buy AEW or something and just ruin everything. <laughs> well, AEW's owned by billionaire, so hopefully he's... Hopefully uh, not, yeah. Hopefully mm. not, yeah. But yes, the return of CM Punk has been my highlight of the week. Uh, again, I apologise. I, I, I can ramble on for ages about it and how it makes me feel. But Stop apologising. People love passion. fucking incredible. So that's what I had to talk about it. Brilliant, mate. Excellent. Um, so... What I've been doing from passion to not really passion. I've been playing the Avengers game. Hi. <laughs> were, were you not there when I talked about this on the pod? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not going to explain what it is because we've already discussed oh, I'm it. Fucking attacked um, by Daddy Longlegs here. Oh, well, not Daddy Shortlegs. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be getting you soon. Uh, but yeah, um, the Avengers, Marvel's Avengers on, I think it's on everything, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it is, yeah. And uh, apart from Switch. Um, I got it. I, I I took a plane to Argentina and I picked up a copy <laughs> for seven pound. And I thought seven pound. What could go wrong? A lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> like Stig said last time, the story, the main campaign's absolutely fine. I was going to say you were enjoying. You said you were enjoying. I it am earlier. enjoying. It. I'm enjoying the campaign. Um, I don't like the actual gameplay between the campaign. <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> I like the story. I like the I like the interactions with the characters. I don't like playing it. <laughs> I should have just watched it all on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, less than seven pounds. But I'm going to push through. I'm not. I'm nowhere near end because it's it's a lot longer than I thought. Um, a twenty-two hour game. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to push through. Um, all the DLCs free and stuff. So I'm I'm not asked with that. That's that's fine. I'm not bothered about skins. People paying money for skins. Who gives a fuck? Um. But yeah, uh, yeah, don't bother, guys. Not even for seven quid. But the main thing, I have been, I have been playing a game. Some call me a gamer. I don't believe I am. But I have been playing another game uh, for the first time because I've been watching The Walking Dead for a while, haven't I? Um, and I've had to kind of stop watching it for a little bit because it's hard to watch. And I don't think I don't and I don't mean bad. This this gentleman with his baseball bat, Negan, he's uh, he's a horrible <laughs> bastard. He's a, so we've heard he's a horrible Lee bastard Sill. and he is it's hard to watch he, oh, he's Je- the housewife's favourite Jeffrey Dean Morgan he's sensational absolutely sensational but he's frightening mm. when, when, when you talked about <laughs> um, when you talked about the show as what you've been doing a few weeks ago yeah and I was like, "Has this happened?" Like, I was I kind of alluded to. That, yeah, no, no, no. That, that's coming, that's coming up next. That's coming up soon. I was just like, I, I, I messaged Biggie privately. I just like, I can't wait for his reaction. And he was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> he, killed, he killed my one of my top three favorite characters. I'm not going to say who, but you all know who I'm talking about. What a guy! Uh, I miss him dearly, and uh, so do a lot of the uh, characters in that show. Um, he keeps trying to brainwash me as a viewer. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm like, he likes me and I like him. And then a second later, he's smashed somebody's skull in with a baseball bat. I'm like, oh, God. So, 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 so those dreamy eyes, they, they just draw it's you in. It's so don't gorgeous. They? It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God. But yeah, uh, because of that, um, I've, had, I've, I've had like a few days off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through. Um, apparently, I'm on a tough season, season nine. I'm on a tough season. But I'm going to push through because I've been doing it now. I told you I'm going to complete it. Uh, but I started playing Telltale's The Walking Dead for the first time. Mm. Oh, so Frying Pan Meet Fire. That game doesn't run well. No. 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 Never How- has done. However, I'm quite enjoying it. It's great. Oh, it's excellent. It's absolutely yeah. a brilliant game. Mm. Yeah. I like the, vo- the voice acting's almost better than the show. <laughs> um, a lot better than um, Rick Grimes. Uh, Andrew yeah. Lincoln, <laughs> a lot better than him. Um, Carl. Yeah, Carl. Clementine is an absolute darling. I will do anything to save that little oh, girl. amazing. I'll do anything. I'll take a bullet for her. I'm only on um, episode two of the first season, but I've got them all downloaded thanks to the glory of Game Pass. Everything's on there. Um, and... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I'd literally take a bullet for that little girl. She's incredible. I want to I, I want to protect her. Like when I, I fucked up because I, I can't remember his name. Lee, I, is he called Lee? Lee. Lee yeah. yeah. I pl- I'm playing as yeah. Lee, and I keep I'm fucking up because I'm not sticking to my lies that I'm telling people. And <laughs> 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 people saying, "Oh, so that's your daughter." I'm like, "Yeah, that's my daughter." And then to the next person, I'm like, "No, I'm just babysitting." And then. Later on, they go, I thought you told me you were a dad. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, no. So- <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll sharp start to start to have that reaction whenever it says X has remembered this. Yeah, like, it keeps yeah. popping up. Now I've got to remember this. Like, slight, <laughs> slight spoilers for this like 10-year-old game, but on the, first, um, on the first episode, you meet Kenny and his son, Ken Jr. Now I've got a, a quite a um, link Duck. to that those characters, hence because we've got the same name. Um, they called him Duck or something like that. Yeah. And there's one section where um, uh, where Herschel's son, Herschel from the show, his son, and Duck, little Kenny Jr. You've got to choose who dies, basically. Yeah. And me being me being the 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 father in real life and. The person that believes that everyone should get a chance. He's the younger one. I'm going to save the boy every time. He's annoying as fuck. But I'm going to save. Yeah. I'm going to save the little kid because he hasn't lived as long as Urshel's son. I can't even remember his name. He was that crap. Uh, so he didn't think to get the cattle gun and go. He's, oh no, not yet. I haven't found a cow gun yet. <laughs> but I saved this little kid. I saved this little kid. Urshel's like, get the fuck off my farm now. I'm like, all right, sorry. And then Kenny Duck's dad is like. I suppose you did save me son. We'll give you a lift. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I fucking saved your son. I don't even think he likes his own son. So it's quite good though, isn't it? Have you all played it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I haven't played it all the way through. But I've got I, a feeling that you could play it, it a few times and it'd be quite different. It's uh, sort of. I mean, the main story is going to be the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main the main story is the same. That there are some key events that you will always get. Yeah. Um, it's it's more the kind of the decoration on the outside of those events that's Absolutely, what changes. Yeah. yeah, I do like the fact. I mean, I've kind I kind of spoiled it myself because I downloaded all the games at once. I know season two. It looks as if you're playing as Clem, and I'm I absolutely adore that character. So I'm buzzing about that. Uh, Lee, I don't know about Lee, but I do like Lee. But like I say, I'm fucking him up because <laughs> <'cause, laughs> I'm controlling him. 
poor, poor man. But yeah, it's really good, and it's just it's just so glitchy, man. Sometimes well, that's the problem. Is sometimes it? you're talking to someone and the the face goes to the back of their head and start. <laughs> I, I I I remember. I, so I played through on the PS4 when like the, the, they did like a whole season on the, on a disc. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played it on the PS4 and. There was a there was a point. I think it's in episode four, mm. um, which I won't tell you what happens. But basically, it's it, it it's a thing you have to set off a series of events going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to to do a puzzle. Yeah. Part part of that involves like just a jump scare, mm. just a scripted jump scare. Um, and for me, it kept glitching and wouldn't trigger the end of that quest. Oh God! I had to, I had to go through that jump scare like five times. So it was just because I had to keep trying to get it to go, and eventually it did work. And there was no rhyme or reason. There was no solve on it. You just had to hope the game let you through. It. Yeah. I think they've since patched that. But yeah, I've, I remember it was just a case of right. You put Lee through, open the door, high zombie, walk off. Yeah. It's <laughs> you feel so like Neo for a little bit. I am not going to die. <laughs> It's just like well, they took too much on, didn't they? They it seems they ended like up, it. yeah. Telltale Games ended up doing uh, Borderlands, A Wolf Among Us, yeah, and, Big B Wolf, yeah, and uh, Game of Thrones. They did something else, and yeah. The team couldn't cope, and then they just basically folded in on themselves, didn't they? Yeah, well, I were a bit confused because this version that I'm playing now it's by Skybound and Telltale. So, so, so Sky Skybound are now the publisher, right? So, so they did so nothing so, really. Yeah, basically, what happened was when Telltale went belly up a couple of years they got ago, it. all all the, all the games got pulled out. So Skybound mm. is um, him who wrote The Walking Dead. That's his studio, right? Um, and basically, what they then is they just reissued the games because that was how see, the the final season of The Walking Dead game yeah. got finished. There's a Michonne Skybound one, isn't it? As it well, three episode Michonne yeah. one, and the Batman's really good, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the Batman. I've got one the is Batman really ones on my Switch, so I'll, I'll start them after. Tales from the Borderlands, the best one they did. I, yeah, I didn't like Borderlands, but everyone says you don't need to. It's no, no, it's no, it's like now, it, is it? No, yeah. it's like the it's like the origin of Handsome Jack. It's I like them because yeah, there's, there's links, but it's very. Fun. I like them because they do, they do feel like Thrones one either. Uh, is that all right as well? Yeah, I I, I, I like them because they feel like point and clicks, but without the uh, clunkiness of putting a jam sandwich together to feed a goat or whatever, that kind of shit, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, they are, they are just point and clicks. Yeah. You just happen to, at one occasion, have you can control them with a stick. Yeah, yeah. It's con- it's more conversational it- point and click, isn't it, rather than... Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's, I, it's just... I just wish it were a bit more polished, because there was a begin- uh, the beginning... You think by now it would have been polished. Yeah, the beginning <laughs> the beginning bit is... You're in a cop car and you're, you're obviously... Can't polish a turd. Yeah. Lee's done something wrong, he's arrested. And the cop, rather than... Because I've seen it on YouTube, rather than... He's supposed to turn his head to talk to you while he's driving. His, his face just went behind into his own skull <laughs> and started talking to the cop. So obviously the, the ones and zeros were like... He had to look at him somehow and obviously it was glitched. So we're just going... Into, I'm like, what the fuck is Leon Mushrooms? <laughs> It's a zombie driving. Ah! Yeah, I, 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 I was like, okay, this is not supposed to happen. But yeah, other than that, this, I've not had a crash, which I can take a glitch over a crash any day of the week. Mm. Well, glitches are hilarious, and you just oh, record yeah. them for posterity. If they, if they glitch anything on Clementine, I'll be furious, though. She's just a darling. I love her to bits. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, I'll continue with that as well, because it's quite easy to play, isn't it? I don't yeah. think I can die in it. <laughs> you can get probably get restarts and stuff like that, but... Yeah, it's, it's it's decent, and they're all there on Game Pass. Once it once once it once you finish it, I don't know if the version that you've got has the DLC that came for it. Which Everything, was, um... mate, I've got absolutely every Walking Dead Telltale oh, thing. Oh, okay. Exists. So, 
so for the for the first game there was a DLC called I think it's a hundred days or a thousand days yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, play 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 that one immediately after before you start episode uh, before you start season two. It ha- it doesn't link into season two. Yeah, it's just a great little vignette. And there's something like New Frontiers and stuff like that as well, which yeah, that's a different one. I'm just gonna I'm gonna smash them all. They're not long. They're not long episodes. An hour and a half, two, two hours. Yeah, something like that. Depends on how stuck you get on a puzzle. Yeah, I've been stuck a little bit on episode two, but I'll smash through it. I, yeah, I, I recommend people to... Apparently, they're on the phones and they're dec- they run decently on your phone, so get it on your phone. Fuck okay. it. And they, I, I, I believe the first episode's free on everything. Yeah, So give it a try, guys. I know it's... Yet again, finger on the pulse. Oh, yeah. Ble- <laughs> bleeding edge of video gaming from our, Have our you heard of this Roodles. PlayStation Vita? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be massive. <laughs> But it's yeah. the problem when you play new games that are shit, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, fans, you've got to play the old ones. ones. They're, oh, they're 12, good. <laughs> 12 minutes fucking infuriating me, man. So like, I need this. I need this kind of gameplay, but I want a good Metacritic. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> I want a good one. And that what first thing that popped out, I went, oh, God, I like The Walking Dead. And I, I was just researching, does it spoil the show? And they're like, no, this one made before the show was. The show's not even finished now, so get on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. So, yeah. But. We know what you've all been waiting for. This is the this is the main event. We, I thought we'd done this topic years ago, months ago, <laughs> but we haven't. Biggie, tell everyone what we're going to be discussing. This week, the plan is to thwart our heroes at every turn, to cause chaos and destruction wherever they go, to get the dastardly characters together, all of the villains. It's the best baddies. <laughs> <laughs> Kneel before Biggie. <laughs> Oh, Zoom just fucking cut out his audio there. <laughs> yep, and that's going to destroy my ears in the edit. Everyone in this house is awake now. You're welcome. But yes, that's what we've we finally got Acting. onto it. Baddies, villains, evil nemeses, whatever you want to call them, twats, ed, whatever you want. We're going to Oodles. Talk. Yeah, I'm not a baddie. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, uh, a non-playable character. <laughs> I'm just there in the background. Uh, but yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do baddies and we're gonna start with gadget round table. Bring your baddies. Okay, so I am going to pick more than one baddie because I have to be Ooh. awkward. In fact, I have to pick a lot of baddies. In <laughs> fact, you, one would say I've picked a collective of baddies because I'm picking the Borg. Oh, you mean a legion? I thought you were yes. going to say Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate fictional baddies. <laughs> well, they were in, in a few films. Well, yes, that's true. More of that later. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, so the Borg, if you're unaware of them, are one of the creepiest, most uh, unsettling and iconic baddies in the Star Trek canon. Yeah. Um, they appeared as a um, in season one, I think, of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. In one of Q's episodes. And they are a race of cybernetic, cybernetically enhanced creatures who are steadily going across the galaxy, assimilating everything in their path. Yeah, they're horrible bastards. Yeah, they have <laughs> the, the, their defining features are um, obviously all of their bodies are cybernetically enhanced, usually with very um, context-specific tools attached to their arms, eye implants, brain implants, HDMI cables um, stuck in their heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're only USB-A. Though. Oh, that's true, They haven't got the USB-C yeah. upgrade yet. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they are operating on 5G, because that's how they manage to talk to each other. That's true. Um, 
They are completely impassive to anybody they do not see as a threat, to the point where the crew of the Enterprise, when they first encounter a Borg cube, happen to beam aboard. Oh, yeah. They kind of <laughs> they wander around quite happily, and the drones ignore them. Completely ignore them. Um, however, when they do see you as a threat and they attack, they shuffle towards you like metallic zombies in a rather unsettling way. They have this grey pallid skin also, which kind of doesn't help the look. Um, and they have self, they have defences, so you shoot them with a phaser once and it'll kill one. You shoot the next one, it's adapted to the frequency. Straight away. They absorb the shot. Mm. Oh, they're so badass. I, I, I love the bug. They fly around space in an enormous cube the size of a planet. What more could you want? Some bigger than planets. Some bigger than planets. Yeah, there's massive ones, isn't there? Oh. And and when you get to Star Trek First Contact, which is also, in my mind, the best Star Trek film. Uh, It's my second favourite one, but yeah, it's up there. Yeah. Second, yeah, yeah, after Um, after Cards. Absolutely. You are introduced, as a viewer, to the Borg Queen. Oh, what a moment. Played by by Alice Krieg. Krieg? Krieg? Krieg. Krieg. I think. Who's she? um, an actress. <laughs> She's a Borg queen. Have some respect. I haven't seen this, so I know what they look like, but I didn't realise. Uh, you'll know what. Yeah, as soon as you see a photo, you'll know exactly. You'll have seen okay. that photo before. I was and when I was reading up about this uh, beforehand. The reason that the Borg queen was introduced was because it, in a film like Star Trek: First Contact, obviously you're going to get a lot of the civilians in. You're not going to get just Star Trek fans. Going to see. It's mostly going to be Star Trek fans, but you need to account for something like the Borg, who are a kind of difficult concept to wrap your head around, yeah. especially with all the lore implications with them. You need something for the characters to talk to. Yeah. You need a baddie. So the Borg Queen was conceived as a personification of the collective. She And the, her original intent, which I think Voyager walked back when they brought Alice Creech back, um, her original intent was not to be the leader of the Borg. She's supposed to be a representation of the entire collective. It's like an emissary, isn't it, rather than a queen? Yeah, yeah she, which is um, what uh, Jean-Luc Picard was supposed to be when he got yes. assimilated into the Borg as Locutus of Borg. Yes. Which, Locutus, in Latin, means he who speaks. Yes. He became right. the spokesman for the Borg. Star Trek is not nerdy, guys. It's, it's educational. It's fantastic. <laughs> but the... The thing that everyone always remembers of the Borg is just is just their rallying cry when they say to you that your your unique properties will be assimilated into their culture. Yeah, um, and resistance is futile. Oh, and it's yes. so good. Remember when yes. they back in like I I you as you all listeners know I started watching uh, Star Trek from the beginning last year and I've seen everything. Um, so I'm, I'm very fresh on Star Trek, but I remember like late nineties. Resistance is futile. T-shirts everywhere. Yep. Yeah. The Borg yeah. went ballistic. They were bigger than Daleks and everything. They were massive. It is such a Borg are a brilliant. A band. Great saying that transcended saying. transcended the show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it and I think when you hear the dialogue, when you hear the first time that you hear it, um, because whenever the Borg do the communications with the Enterprise or what have you, the way the production design is done. Because it's a collective, they've layered about thirty voices on top yes. of each other, then digitized it. Which other things so it comes have off as this? Since. Yeah, it, it comes off as this this distorted, oh, terrifying resistance. It's so impassive and so uncaring about life. You mm. know, they just see a civilization or a race that has something they want, and they just take it. Yeah, and uh, in in the Star Trek canon, there is one species that are resistant to the Borg that the Borg are actually scared of. Which is now this is going to be my nerdiest thing that is in Voyager and it's species eight four seven two, who are a psychic race and yes. they can they can think into the collective. 
and I believe which is their only their only like weakness. Why surely yeah. they would they wouldn't be fans of the Q. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, but, they, but. They, they don't they don't see Q as a threat because no. Q Q's Q's it's not oh, asked God, with them, really is it? It's not asked with them. Q Q the Q collective the, the Q continuum rather doesn't exist in the same plane of reality yeah. as the Borg do. He just nips in to fuck around with Picard every so right. often. I'm, I'm so glad he's back. I know that's sort of top. Yeah, but. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, and he has a little, uh, John Delante has a little guest spot in a lower decks, didn't he? Yes, the end of yes. one of the episodes. Yes, wow, that was so big. We never talked about that. We're like, what? <laughs> Um, so but good. yeah, I mean, the, the the Borg have appeared in almost every Star Trek. I mean, they, they were in Deep Space Nine for all the five minutes I mean, because we have of to Benjamin talk. Sisko's... We have to talk about Seven of Nine, surely. Former well, Borg. Seven of... Former Borg. Well, yes, Seven of Nine. I kind of wanted to avoid because she's no longer Borg. She's a rescue drone. Yeah, but and I just like Voyager to talk rescues. about her. I, 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 I know. <laughs> I know. I, the, the 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 source of many teenage boys' posters. I'm, I'm an adult uh, man when Ryan. I first saw her. <laughs> <laughs> But well, Seven of Nine is an interesting one because, like, because of her entire story is her rehabilitation yes. from being a Borg, finding out who she was as a human, uh, a finding out she was assimilated as a child. Human. <laughs> well, finding out that she was assimilated as like a six-year-old yeah, or something, and, something like that. But the thing with the Borg is, when they assimilate a child, they put them in in what the show calls maturation chambers yes. to basically Ad- adultify speed them. up your aging. Yeah, yeah, to adultify them. So it's not really confirmed when she became a Borg. No. It's hard to work it out, just that she was a child when she was taken. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Jerry Ryan plays her really well, and you, and you get some interesting drama and also some interesting comedy with her trying yes. to um, fit into being a solitary unit as opposed to Carbon part of the Carbon-based rather than... <laughs> what you just said then is, is, like, pretty despicable. Not just taking a child and oh, no. humans, but, like, aging her up. They don't like have not, morals. Not letting, them, the bog, like, not letting them. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes them such a great villain. It's like yeah. not even letting them have a childhood or teenage years or a life like, or a life. And even if they do get like fixed it in you know easiest yeah. of terms, then they still missed out on so much. Well, yeah. The um. The, so the, the aside from Picard and Seven of Nine, there is also Hugh. Hugh, yes. um, oh, who was in yeah. I Borg. Yes, and he was the fir- he was the, he was the first one that was kind of deborged. Deborged, yeah. Say. Um, and he had to relearn how to be a human, as did um Seven of Nine. Mm. Picard, when he became Locutus, that was a unique case because he was he was allowed to retain some of his personality because he was the spokesman for the Borg and plus for the Federation. It's a great actor. You don't want to waste him. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but also, also in kind of my initial reading up on this one, I've forgotten this one because I blocked it out of my memory. Um, the Borg do feature in Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, you yes. know the one with the theme tune. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. Um, yeah, because because they they find the sphere from uh, first contact, and they mention the uh, fact um, that they, they talk about the Borg being uh, a force of I think it's, it's something like a force of nature, but not nature, like a force of cyber nature, some shite Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> fucking analogy because it's a shite show. <laughs> but I thought you were quite. Oh, do I put the that. theme tune in the end? No, <laughs> no, it's horrible. No, I would. Um, but yeah, so uh, like the patrons can have that when they find first. You, uh... Scott Bakula, <laughs> you ruined the franchise. <laughs> um, oh boy! But uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's I. I love the Borg. I think yeah, they're they're, they're one of those. I don't know if you if if you guys ever ever did this as a kid, but if there was something that you found scary, did you kind of obsess over yes. it slightly? Aliens, mm. like, yeah, like like for instance, also aliens. Uh, 
I, I remember when um when Resident Evil 2 came out um, and I, there was the review in official PlayStation magazine and it had loads of the zombie artwork yeah, in it. So and they good artwork terrified well, me. Yeah. But I read through those pages repeatedly just staring at these images that scared the shit out of me. And it's the same with the Borg. Any, the Borg fascinated me from in so many different ways because I found them so unbelievably terrifying. Yeah, it's, cause, um, it's because it's like... It's that uncanny valley, like it's mm. it's like having a fight with a laptop that's sentient, uh, but also six feet tall <laughs> and just gonna kill you. It's the most terrifying thing you can think of. It's horrible. Well, yeah, it's it's the I think it's that stripped away humanity. Like most yeah. baddies, like especially with Star Trek baddies, Star Trek baddies operate on generally human principles. Hey, they're all Shakespearean baddies, aren't they? Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, whereas the Borg are just so different to anything else. Yeah. They are. Probably the most alien thing in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I, I love I, they're them. They're better than the Klingons baddies and stuff like that. I know the Klingons aren't always baddies, but everyone remembers Klingons. No, the Borgs outshine everything. Kling- Klingons are like just stereotypical... Angry bastards. Like, Warrior angry bad everything. guys, yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> the Borgs got no one. Even though the, uh, uh, from face value, they're just, they've got no personality, but that is their personality that they haven't got. Per- oh, it's, it's scary as fuck. They're horrible. Yeah. Yeah, oh, great, and and like I say, the, the the way Alice Creech played the Queen, yeah, like just just go on YouTube and look up some clips of um of the Borg Queen because she plays it so well. Mm. She's so insidious and so there's kind of this weird hypersexualization of her, but then also this sinisterness, and yeah. she literally gets under Data's skin because she gives him skin. It's her stares, gives mate. Him it's his her stares. It's her eyes that does it for me. It's them. Oh, how yeah. she can look through your soul. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's so so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- watch that film; it's fucking brilliant. Ooh, yeah, great pick, great pick, Biggie. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Uh, so, yeah, my pick. I alluded to uh, this gentleman with my quote at the beginning. It is Freddy Krueger. Yes. Hey, bitch. So, for those who may or may not remember who he is, it's a fictional character from a Nightmare on Elm Street film series. He first appeared in Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street in 84 as the spirit of a serial killer who used a gloved hand with razors to kill his victims in their dreams, causing their deaths in the real world as well. Um, He's very iconic with Freddy because obviously he has this glove with the blades. He has that battered sort of fedora. Red and green jumper. He's got the red and green jumper. Um, As a silhouette, he looks frightening. When you actually see him up close, he's got his all his burnt oh, he's skin. So horrible. <laughs> he, he's just everything about him is just terrifying, and the fact that he's not even real, he appears in people's dreams. That subconscious level of a villain, I just think is just awesome. And I remember seeing this when I was way too young to see, it, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, man. Um, so in the dream world, he's really powerful um, and almost completely invulnerable. However, when Freddy's pulled into the real world by those that have the gift, oh, he's crap. Uh, <laughs> he has normal human vulnerabilities that. and can technically be destroyed. Um, the original film introduced his backstory as the Springwood slasher, a serial killer of children who had been burned to death by his victims' parents after he evaded prison. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he obviously he made those knives himself in this um, boiler room, which is really horrific when they chose backstory. Just everything mm. about this guy is just nasty. Scary janitor Gnarly. type thing. Yeah. Um, he's um, introduced as that child killer, but there's actually a backstory to him when they obviously do a bit of yep. history as to actually how he became who he is. 
And it turns out that in one of the movies, Freddie's mother was a nun. Yes. Um, at an asylum. Um, at the time that she worked there, which was largely abandoned, it was in an asylum. It was used as a lockup for hordes of the most <laughs> insane criminals all at once. And then when Amanda was young, she was accidentally locked into a room with the criminals over a holiday weekend. Fuck. I'm sorry why I'm laughing. Oh, Bank holiday. Awful. <laughs> so you're on they Tuesday. Managed, <laughs> they managed to keep her hidden for days, wow. raping her repeatedly. Yeah, it's horrible. When she was finally discovered, she was barely alive and pregnant. Yeah. And with the result that Kruger was regarded as the son of a hundred homicidal maniacs. Yeah. Uh, due to it being what? impossible they call, to determine they call him the devil's which seed of and the stuff rapists like that. Was his father? Yeah. It's just this horrific backstory. Oh, 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 okay, okay. So, 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 just in writing Freddy Krueger's backstory, because I, I haven't seen yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street films. I've had no interest. Loads I'm of them are great. Oh, you've not I, seen I, some great films. I know the great man. I, I much prefer Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, where it's um, <laughs> it, groundskeeper <laughs> Willie gets to do the whole thing. Just well, the first one is all you need to see. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so into his good. backstory, they've take so just go with the layers of his backstory there that you've yeah. described. So he's. He was a serial killer of children. Yes. Pretty bad. He evaded prison. Yeah. He evaded prison. So the parents of the children that he killed. Yeah. Burned him alive. him down and burned him alive. And he wants revenge by killing their kids. Yes. Okay. But but then filter down a level below that of his parentage. (laughs) He is the son of a hundred rapists, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. The devil's seed. Yeah. When they're writing that, do do you think they just sat there just with like a pen and paper going and says, Yes, it's it's not awful enough. What, yeah. what more? Bring rape <laughs> yeah. into it. Somebody ring to live back. When there's there's we need something else. It's just it's it's one of those backstories so that you just top. don't need. It's like you've got the perfect backstory. Yeah, it's just a bad in the first one. There's no backstory. Yeah, he's just a bad person who got away with something, do, doing something horrid, yeah. and people took vigilantes, yeah. took it out out it's, on him. The th- it's fine. Well, the, the point I'm trying to get at is when you do a backstory like that. You're trying to predispose someone towards evil. People can just be mm. bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you don't, you you don't, you, and there's there is no supernatural reason why whatever trauma that his mother had gone through. <laughs> oh, no, it's, would it's fucking have wild. that effect on him. It's wild, isn't and it? It's so stupid. But, well, this yeah, is the thing because, like Sticky says, um, the first movie is excellent. Yeah, and standalone is the second. Incredible. The second movie had its moments. Then it sort of pulled it back on the third. What, movie. Dream Warriors. <laughs> Gee, it's, great. As, it's not. It's not bad. It's, it, it's not bad. It's like D and D. But bit with the fins. After that, it just there's deteriorated. A, there's a wizard in it. Where Freddy became um, like a caricature of himself. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. demon rather than just the spirit, was, didn't it? Like, yeah, it just got to a point where it, they tried to make him almost a bit like Arnie um, with all these one-liners. Yeah, and it yeah just, they did, yeah. It lost the scary side of it. And I haven't seen the new one, to be fair, so I don't know if they... The new one's uh, a darker, mate. The backstory's even worse. I don't even want to describe what, what his backstory is in the newer ones. Horrible. Okay. Horrible shit. I think that's the trouble with giving him a backstory so horrific like that is they actually do juxtapose a little bit of humour in it. Is it's like, do you want to be absolutely horrific or do you want to be Take somewhat of a comedy? Yeah. And uh, I actually really enjoyed Freddy versus Jason as well, though. Like, if you're talking about the oh, new yeah. ones, I thought he that met was Jason quite clever. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was quite clever how they managed to kind of repress him and uh, he, he made it back. But I remember watching... Freddie, uh, the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was way too young to watch it. And just that silhouette of him walking yeah. down Big the street arms. with his arms yeah, outstretched, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just that sound like walking down the, the alley. And it haunts me the original, now. the original Nightmare on Elm Street is like it's, it's akin to like it's not as good as, but it's akin to like Halloween, where 
Yeah. It's just, you don't need that much backstory to it. In Halloween, you, you just know a fucking Mike, mad Michael's Ma- Ma- evil. Yeah, Michael's evil. He's evil. You don't need mm. to know that he's related to, um, what's her name in it? He's not related to her. I no, thought not, he is no, in, in the backstory. Not now. Oh, is no. he not now? Fuck. That's been, re- that's been retconned <laughs> with the new oh, ones. Good. But in, like, in, yeah. in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, he is just a spirit of vengeance. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen uh, West Craven's new Nightmare, Biggie? Oh, that, yes. that's the yeah, fourth that's wall breaking really one, good. isn't it? That's, and I, uh, that, that's that really was all good, that one, breaking the fourth yeah. wall. And yeah. it was all very, that was quite clever. Yeah. Well, let, let, ex- I've done explain a very it to Gadget list. really quick. Uh, what, that, that new Nightmare, it's, it's, it's a good one so to watch. The new Nightmare it's a good one to watch. is having. The story of Nightmare on Elm Street, but in real life. Robert England playing the, Robert England. Robert England, who plays Freddy in real life, Nancy is uh... trapped by the sort of spirit of Freddy Krueger. So everything. <laughs> oh, quite the like movie, the sound of that. It's good. It's real. nice and meta. It's it's, yeah, it's all meta. Where's Craven's really in funny. it, for fuck's sake? Where's Craven's in yeah. it? Like the, the woman who plays Nancy, I yeah. forget her name. Sorry, she plays herself. But then she starts yeah. to become Nancy. People start to then start calling her Nancy. And like yeah. she's. Like they, they they start to slip into the actual Nightmare on Elm Street characters as the film goes on, and Freddy starts to become real. And like, the Freddy Krueger in, in that film is the scariest looking Freddy Krueger they've ever done. Yeah, it's and they gave, him an extra, they gave him an extra finger. Like, yeah, they did on his thumb. Yeah, <laughs> horrible, horrible, scariest but looking one. I've done a very quick list of what I think are the best kills. Yeah, go for it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So in the first movie, we had a couple with uh, the girlfriend, Tina, being dragged up the wall across the ceiling before she gets gutted, crashes into the bed with blood spraying everywhere. Then her boyfriend, Johnny Depp, Depp. in one of his first ever film movies, um, Glenn falling asleep and then being pulled into the mattress by Freddy, disappearing. You don't actually see what happens to him, but a big fountain of blood just sprays out forever. Endless uh, blood. Which just looks incredible. It looks like Ribena. Um, in the third movie, Taryn, being a recovering drug addict, been injected by Freddy's knives, yeah, which have turned veins. into needles. Yeah. Uh, killing her with an overdose. Yeah. Oh, God, um, yeah. The TV. Jennifer <laughs> was killed by her obsession with being on TV. Yeah. And Freddy, <laughs> while she's watching a TV, she falls asleep. The TV comes to life with arms, grabs her, and shoves Mate, her the head first film's like fucking Willy Wonka. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, but the one that Stiggy alluded to, which is my favourite, is the one that gives me the chills even to this Puppet day. Master's it's awful. Philip, it's awful. Who creates these marionettes out of paper, yeah. is killed by Freddy turning into one of the puppets, then becoming the puppet master, and literally cuts out the tendons what? of Philip's arms and legs, and, and then parades him like a puppet, yeah. leads him up to a roof, slices through the veins, and he falls off a building to his death. It's, it's just... It's brilliant to watch when you're having like Sunday dinner. Uh, you got the you got the kids <laughs> around. You've got your grandma around. But the, that feeling of the, something about the tender—I don't know what it is. It just makes me just yeah. The third one's yeah. clever by the fact that he makes because they're in an asylum, aren't they? And he makes yeah. all the deaths look like suicide, apart from pulling someone into the TV on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's really drops the ball. That's really falling off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what done. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, just I think he's just. Iconic, and unfortunately, he his power, his fearsomeness, just dampened as the movies went on. But yeah. originally, for me, he was one of the most iconic villains of its time. It is one of those things. The longer series like that goes on, the less impact that he has because you see mm. more about it, you learn more about it. It's like it's like the the whole thing with like with with Jaws. You know, yep. Jaws is impactful because you only see the shark at the very end of the film. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a it's, it's that kind of thing. The more that you see Freddy, the more that you learn about him and his backstory. Yeah the less power that he'll have to shock 
Yeah. So yeah, the filmmakers then try to do more and more gruesome or more and more impactful kills or whatever, but it just becomes a parody. To the fo- I mean, I'll just Google like how many films there are with Freddy Krueger in. There are 10 of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is a parody film called Stan Helsing. <laughs> is he in that? I've seen that. Well, guys before. Yeah, he, that'll be more just a piss take of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Well, it, will, it will be, but it's, it's the fact that you're taking the... If you're taking taking this character and you're putting him into yeah. a parody, it means you've become the parody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I did like the remake where they tried to. I, I don't like the remake, but I like the fact that the remake tried to make it more serious, grounded. Again. Yeah, yeah. They took up. They, they went back to it trying to be a more a horror film and not a slapstick horror film. You weren't and giggling all the way through. It, were that's it? the problem you get with the likes of. Um, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and yeah. Jason Voorhees. The more sequels they got, the more stupid like it became. Yeah, like, it, 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 the, the, the the proof is in the pudding when they were like, uh the the final Friday the thirteenth, and then there's five more films after it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on now. Oh, Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to New York. Or oh, Jason goes to they, space. They did that. Jason, Jason takes Manhattan. Apart yeah, from that's the fact it. He's only in Manhattan for like ten minutes of the yeah. film. <laughs> So fucking stupid. Doesn't man. take Manhattan at all. No, he at scares all. a few like ruffians on the street. Ruffians, the I don't know what those... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit. But like, but like, yeah, like the, the, these characters become these kind of cultural icons. You know, like you can walk into like a Forbidden Planet and just like pick up a, a Freddy Krueger doll now and stuff like that. And kids, kids know who he is. That's what's weird. Kids, yeah, kid, yeah, kids know who he is. It's effect. You know, you look at the original film and. What you've described, you know, it sounds like a video nasty, you know, and that was the, the first the one kind of is. Yeah, but that's the appeal of them back then. Yeah. But now, when you've got like highfalutin production values and stuff, it just loses all its power. The difference with the, the different type of films are like you, you go to like your original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's an art film. Uh, Nightmare on oh, Elm yeah. Street is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at least it did spawn Scary Terry. So yeah, it did. For that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that, that. Yeah, that's it as well. Like when when he when uh, when Biggie brought up um, Freddy Krueger, the first thing I thought was scary Terry. It's marvelous. <laughs> yeah. Just walk the, around, the, call everyone bitches. The, the thing is, <laughs> apart from the remakes of Freddy Krueger and that and Nightmare on Elm Street, by the end of his turn, like, like Freddy versus Jason, I think that was his last original Robert England one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He was a Looney Tunes character. He was just a yeah. cartoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's what's it's a real show. But yeah. Good pick, though, man. Good pick. As much as it's controversial and it's a bit dated as a fit, but yeah, I, I still think you can you could still get a chill down your spine thinking about some of the early the early Freddy antics. Mm. And as 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 I mean, in the law, by the end you find out he's a demon or something like that. But yeah, he's good, good, brilliant. I like that. So, Candy, follow that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go for the fear-inducing antagonist of Final Fantasy VII and subject of many a body pillow. I'm talking about the one-winged angel himself, Sephiroth. Cue music. Um...
that? Who's that? Oh, God. <laughs> ah! Stop it. Get out. <laughs> Genuinely, um, I've been winding them up because um, I keep saying who knew. I was like, it's him. It was like, I don't know who that is. But I genuinely not, uh, only f- knew who this person was last year when he got mentioned in the Discord. So, that is crazy. You, you, you didn't know who Sephiroth was until that no. point. I think my mum knows who he is. <laughs> She's never Someone played a game does. in her life. <laughs> That's just you try to probably talking to her about it all the time. She's like, yes, dear. And my mum, yes, this is dear. my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me 24 years to find out actually what happened to him. But. Yes. Yeah, and the rest of the rest of us never got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it was described very well, though. Yes. Um, I know this is going to be a few listeners' picks, so I'm going to try my best to not do a disservice. But I'm I'm with Biggie. I actually um, I didn't finish it till about five years ago, um, and because of that, I think it probably I'm maybe better equipped than than I would have been when I was younger to understand. What made him such a compelling nuances, uh, villain? Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I will say at this point, I'll be spoiling parts of the story, but it is a 25 year old game. Um, <laughs> Just do it. it. No, you no, will yeah, never I'm play. Pro- it. I'm, not, I'm not breaking the klaxon out for this one. No, <laughs> it's not going to bother me. Put the klaxon <laughs> away. I don't, um, it kills I don't Aerith. know the ending. It fucking kills we, her. Because we couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be. Sp- Talking about later game spoilers anyway, but I think part of what makes him such a threat is um, how he's introduced to the get how he's introduced to the player in the game. Yeah. Um, he, as I mean, as I was saying, you're not actually introduced to Sephiroth himself until you don't come face to face with him till about a third of the way not through the, real the game. Sephiroth, um, anyway, not the real Sephiroth. Yeah. Um, but until that point, he's only he's only introduced through flashbacks and basically of following his path of destruction. Yep. Um, yeah. It's it's a clever use of mystery and fear of the unknown. And by the time you finally do meet him, you've got a very clear idea of how powerful yeah. he is and just how capable he is and what's he what he's capable of. Um, so, I, as I said, I am going to have to cover some of the first parts of the game, but I think. Most gamers know the main sort of beats of the story at this point anyway. Um, the, f- the first quarter of the game is, is spent portraying the sort of nefarious mega corporation of Shinra as the, as the main opposition of the game. Um, so it's, it's spent the time spent depicting just how powerful this company is and what destruction they're causing of the planet. At this time, Sephiroth, he's just a shadow in the background. You a hear legend, his name in it? passing. He's a legendary, you know, ex-soldier. Yeah. Um, but you don't know much about him um, other than he's just this kind of shaggery, shadowy background figure. Um, Isn't it the plot, basically the remake at the moment at this point? They've changed it the all up, though. Out. This is yeah. all now, I was introduced gonna, early. Very early. First hour. Oh, okay. And I just want to cover the original Final Fantasy VII because I you don't the good think one. we actually... Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we really know where the remake's going to go no, yet. And if no, it's... No. I... I'm thinking myself that it's actually a sequel rather than a reboot. It is. Multiverse yeah. type sequel thing. I- integral exactly. type thing. Yeah. And uh, I won't talk about why I think that is because it could be spoilery. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to Final Fantasy VII. Now, what you have to remember is that with the exception of the first bombing mission, um, the player and, the t- and your team, they're completely unsuccessful in preventing any destruction that Shinra causes. Um, they still drop the plate on Sector 7 when they infiltrate the Shinra building and try to rescue Aerith, or Aerith, however you want to say Aerith. it. Um, they fail at that as well. And this is a whole team of players, and you've been playing for a while at this point. 
Um, and it, because of the writing, it effectively makes the player feel like they're a completely unstoppable force. Yeah, um, yeah. And our first experience as a player, of being in the presence of Sephiroth, Sephiroth, is waking up in the Shinra cells with your door unlocked. Um, there's mm. creepy music playing in the background, and just it's freed you, hasn't it? It's, Which is weird. He's, he's yeah. He's, he's got just, you out of prison. Weird. Really weird. Because why wouldn't you? There's nothing left. Yeah. There's just nothing. Um, so a force so powerful, even Shinra is a- unable to contain it yeah. um, as it infi- infiltrates the building, left nothing but dead bodies and a trail mm. of blood leading up to the top floor. Now, when we dark, actually, for an RPG at that point. It is. Me. It is really dark, yeah. There are really dark elements in that game. Um, much more so, I think, than Final Fantasy VIII and oh, yeah. Final Fantasy. One of the darkest ones. Think- yeah, it, it definitely is, Don't especially at that point. Um, so when we finally get to the President Shinra's office, we see his body kind of slumped over his desk with Sephiroth's Masamuni. Yeah, big um, sword. His massive sword sticking out the back. And it's actually said that only Sephiroth can wield that sword. Because it's um, stupid big. <laughs> it's right. like, it's about six foot. It's <laughs> yeah. taller than Sephiroth. Yeah, That's a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is a toothpick for Stigville. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and in the corner of the room, we just have um, it was Palmer, isn't it? He's Palmer. just kind of yeah. cowering and revealing that it was uh, Sephiroth who single-handedly took out the entire Shinra building. Yeah. Um, and even at this point, Sephiroth is a complete mystery to us. You still haven't seen um, him. You, d- you haven't seen him as yeah, a player. Yeah, you don't know you what don't he looks know. like. Anything. Yeah. Now, the game moves on at this point to a part where Cloud kind of, um, he recalls a, t- a time on his mission with Sephiroth. He'd come across enemies who... They'll, they'll one-shot clouds, but they'll barely touch Sephiroth. Oh, they, when and... you did that green dragon fight with him. It's, ri- <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? It's ridiculous. Your hit point is like one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he kills it in two slashes. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, when you confront Sephiroth, you just, you have an understanding of just how hopeless it would be. It would have been for clouds and what he would have felt at that point. Mm. And that's at the point where he loses his memories and, you know, just how powerful he is and why he should he's be He's fucking floating, and... so he's not human. <laughs> you can float and fly. <laughs> well, absolutely. And this is around the, t- the point in the game where we learn that he's more than just a man. Yes. And through learning his own, hist- his own history, yes. he not only becomes slightly unhinged, he becomes completely enraged with the human race and he does gain um, a somewhat justified god complex. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and as I said, I'm not going to get into the later game spoilers, but I think it's up for debate on who's actually pulling the strings behind yes. Sephiroth. It's still, it's, I think it's still one of those things, because don't get me wrong, there is a sequel to the game called Advent Children. Oh, it's making me shiver. Uh, and that kind of... Ex- Sorry, I thought that was, that, that was just like a fan thing. Oh, it, that God, oh, makes me shiver. Which, is it good? I haven't seen it. No. Fuck no. <laughs> it ruins everything about that game. It oh, looks really? pretty at the time, and that's as far yeah. as it goes. But no, um, it's, got, it's, got, it's got a great battle sequence at the end. Yes. Fuck me, the, the game is terrible. The game itself, it, it does that thing where it's you're always, even to the last minute, you know, Biggie, recently, you're always up against the odds. And mm. you've got the whole game is such an, for, for most of the game, you, the main character, Cloud, is such an unreliable narrator. He's like, is he making yeah, this yeah. legend up? Yeah. And then you see the yeah, legend, yeah. and it's like, Oh no, he's not. He's not telling us enough. The legend's his own flashbacks. Are yeah, his own flashbacks. Yeah. And uh, the legend, one, the, the one, actual one, truth, is worse than the legend. Uh, one, one of my one of my favorite demonstrations in the game of just how powerful Sephiroth is is um, when you're kind of first in the world map and you're exploring around just past the first Chocobo farm, 
Um, there's this area where it's like the swamp, and if you if you oh, run yeah, yeah. if you run in there, you get attacked by this really powerful Gazolum. Yep. Yeah, like worm creature thing. Yeah. It's enormous, and you can beat it early game. Oof. It's not advisable to try. Oh, no, you don't get much. The whole point get, is to, not enough XP for killing it either for your time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 whole point of that sequence is to like force you to learn how to breed a chocoboo so you can ride a chocoboo over and not have to worry about it. You come past it later in the game, and you walk into the field, and the, like you've been told that Sephiroth has already come through here, and there's this cutscene where you just see it spike through a tree. Yeah, absolutely just, kebabbed. Yeah, absolutely come out, and it's like. That's one man. It's one of those times, like, yeah, one of the first times, like, in a game that I've I've actually sat there and went, "Wow, that's actually intimidating." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you because you spend so much Shafiro, time being yeah. told earlier on that this thing will fuck. And at you that up. point, you still don't know what he looks like. He could be anybody. Because you haven't. No, no, no. Oh no, no you've you, seen the you flashback, haven't, haven't you? You haven't counted them. It's it's, yeah. it's it's before you get the high wind. But it's it's like towards the end of the first disc. When yeah, it's he's, he's, he's muddled in my brain because I haven't played it for years. But yeah, I, I do like that for a while, for a lot of the game, you are in his shadow all the time. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so fucking cool. Well, I mean, and it is revealed that there's a reason that Cloud is is constantly chasing Sephiroth as well, yeah. other than yeah. what he's yeah. kind of entangled in. Um so I think that's just why it's he's such an intimidating presence because for for a good majority of the game he you just don't know anything about him and it's the fear of the unknown that really so it does make you fearful of what he's capable of and you can if you know a bit about a bad you can sometimes start to relate to them a little bit you may still fear them slightly but you can sometimes respect them or understand their intentions but not with Sephiroth there's just absolutely nothing that you can kind of relate to no um, yeah. With the exception of this, uh, the story as well, or I should say, um, as well as well as the story, he actually he looks really intimidating as well, despite being a bit of a pretty boy. Oh, he's gorgeous! Oh, he's gorgeous! <laughs> Six foot one has a sword at least. Lovely silver now, hair. It does, and it, it's actually explained in one of the games how he looks after his luxurious yeah, hair as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, his um, I couldn't I couldn't find an actual uh, measurement of his sword. Oh, matron. Um, but it says it's between six and eight feet. Just like um, stick, most, uh, yeah. most sources. Yes. The thing is, though, you're playing as Cloud, yep. and Cloud is iconic um, as an image. But I think Sephiroth ended up surpasses him again, yeah. smashing yeah. that out of the park. Yeah. When mm. you see that flashback of him with the fire behind him, yeah, that yep. image is just everywhere, and it again is really intimidating. Yeah, the, it's um, one of the first times. I've seen someone standing in front of flames like that. And I was just like, Ooh. I mean, you say it's that, the, but I know who Cloud was. I didn't know who Sephiroth was. Really? Last year. Maybe yeah. it's because he's on some of the box arts and stuff. And Cloud's like... everywhere, like, for Final mm. Fantasy for yeah, like, true. years. That's true. I, I think gamers Ugh. know who yeah, but I, I think, is. I think, I think it's, 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 it'll have been something that you'll have seen the image of, but you, you don't know yeah. that it's Sephiroth. Mm. Yeah. The, um, the thing with Sephiroth see, see, is, see, as, as, a char- as a character, just, just as, as, as a striking like piece of art, like Amano and... and um, um, What's his name? Uh, Nomura, who, who designed him. Um, they, as as much as it was a massive success, they have never been able to capture a good villain since. No, they haven't. Because <laughs> it was right. so. I like they did before. Like they had Golbez, you had Kafka and stuff on the older games, but they were pixels. They were sprites. They, I, they've never been able to capture that, and that's why I believe the legacy of that game far surpasses what that game actually is. In a, in a, yeah. I think, I think that the, the design. Of the game is 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 and him especially and cloud and cloud as well because people forget like throughout that game is 
it's a terribly the graphics are shite I've said it before oh yeah but it's yeah. what it evokes it's fucking it's charming thin. yeah charming I think I think the problem as well is the um, Final Fantasy games after 7 mm. they tend to go along the lines of like like um, the small toppling the large but it's always a kingdom or a, a king or something like that whereas they they moved away from you fight you doing the anime thing of killing a god. Yeah, you know? yes, yeah. Um, and it, it's really one enemy as well. Like in the in the following games, yeah, it's like an organization, so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So in eight, you've got Idea, but it's not Idea, and it's then Ultimecia. it's yeah, then it's Ultimecia, and originally it's Cipher, isn't it? That you think is going yeah. to be the main. And then in nine, you know? it's yeah. Kuja, and then it turns into at the very end uh, Necron or something that <laughs> just turns up. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't even remember who the antagonist of Garland. nine was. So I can't either. Yeah. I've not finished it. I think it's Garland. And then yeah, ten. So, it's- so you see, that's the thing. You get all these forgettable abs- yeah. abstractions of these things. Whereas Sephiroth is something that you spent, as you said, Candy. You spend like the good first fourteen, twenty hours of the game, never actually really seeing him, but you get like flashes mm-hmm. of of like him, like clouds memories or him talking to that whatever. When the screen grays out, and you get a little bit of text. Yeah. Um, it got close with 10, it's... but it was a force of nature rather than, rather yeah, than exactly. a person. Yeah, whereas when when you can latch on to someone like Sephiroth, who is, for all intents and purposes, described as an amazing warrior, but yeah. when mm. you Honorable then as well. the, god, the god powers, yeah. it's just like, oh shit. Yeah, oh shit. And like, you know, then they dovetailed it into, you know, you find out the connection with Genova and you see the whole... Th- yeah, the, mom, the mummy issues that he has, oh, big, big style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you just see the capability for murder that he has, and his impassive again with like the Borg, his impassiveness to human life. I think he's what it's such he's a top, calm, top, collected rage. He's top five yes. game baddies, I think. Yeah, and it's a classic like goody versus baddie as well, oh, isn't it's it? So it's, classic. Uh, it's oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, Sephiroth's a great pick. Um, Stig, just watch some videos on him. You don't have to play the game. He's incredible. You'd like him. Play the game. Super camp. Never <laughs> Brilliant. Play it. What? So, what have you? What are you bringing to the table then, Stig? Uh, I'm going to talk about Anton Shiger. Oh yes, man. Mm-hmm. Portrayed by Javier Bardem in 2007 Coen Brothers film No Country for Old Men. Yes. Has everyone here seen this? Yes. I have not. I've seen the haircuts. It's one of my idols. <laughs> I would have expected you to have seen it, Candy. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Um, I'll try it. I'll try to avoid going through some spoilers then, but uh, Anton is a ruthless hitman who is unwavering and unstoppable. Uh, He's a bit like a a Terminator, isn't he? (laughs) He is. He is very much like a Terminator. As a villain, he's chilling, intense and scary. Uh, He's sadistic, cold-blooded, unsympathetic. Everything you can think of, we're describing someone as being... He's got worse hair than me as well. A horrible bastard. (laughs) He is. Yeah, his hair is terrible. (laughs) Uh, he's emotion motionless and antisocial, and he just likes killing people. He's good at it. Uh, he has. I was reading some stuff about him. His powers and skills are described as high intelligence, great endurance, marksmanship, high degree of improvisation, professional tracking, and intimidation. And his hobbies: killing, deciding people's fates, and wreaking havoc. Yeah, and hiking. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to walk as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Judge Judy and Executioner. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> he's got Oodle's favourite. Yes. But, but I I love the way that he never gets angry. 
He doesn't sweat, Very mate. He doesn't calm. sweat. He's just he's cool and collected. When he talks, when when he talks, he says it in ways that just kind of goes right through your soul. Yeah. Uh, as we've talked, the weapon there. His main weapon of choice is a captive bolt pistol. Cowgun, baby. Basically, yeah. He walks around with this little cow, this cow uh, gun with a little gas canister, <laughs> yeah. and he just he uses it to blow out like locks and doors to get en- entrance to places, in skulls, or in people's skulls. <laughs> That's the way uh, to do it. There is. I, I'm going to spoil this bit. Sorry, but there is one bit. Right, this is from right at the beginning. You kind of see how evil he is. Yeah, evil he is. When after the first killing, the second one to get away, he obviously hijacks someone's car. Oh god, yeah. And he get tells the man he's like, um, "Step out of the car, please, sir." Because he's stolen the police car. Yeah, he's so got lights out, on, hasn't he? Woo, step out of the car, please, sir. And he's like, "Oh, what's the issue?" He's like, "Just step out of the car, please, sir." And he's just like, "Just, just hold still." Stay there, and he just puts the cowgun up to his forehead, and the guy's like, "What? Bang!" and just shoots it right through his brain. <laughs> so just good. Has no care for human life whatsoever. Oh, I love it. It's like from that moment in the at the beginning with his first kill, and with that one, you just know that this guy is just a horrible human. I think being. a massive moment before that, as well as when he's in the convenience store and he's chatting to that man, and he, he obviously I'm not going to spoil. Is that before or after? That's been just be, just before. Maybe not. I'm not sure, no, I'm, but I'm pretty sure that's when he's on his way. Yeah, and he just has he, that conversation. It's just a conversation, isn't the it? The conversation so is so intimidating. Yeah, he's um, oh, he's horrible. So he's he basically he's so unhinged that he likes to play games with his, some of his victims by making them flip a flip a coin. Yeah, choose your fate. Choose your fate, basically. Um, it's a bit of a rip off of Harvey Dent. Yeah, but, but Harvey Dent was so, so much in comparison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, he lets the other person choose their fate. This isn't, uh, I'll flip a coin if it lands on this and yeah. I'm going to kill you. Like he, he lets the, the people choose heads or tails and it's no more so like Oodle said in the gas station yeah. where the scene is so intense, he <gasps> literally is on the cusp of killing this gas attendant because of some small talk. Yeah. The guy just asks him a simple question. He goes, when do you finish? When, when, when time do you close? Where do you live? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. he's like, um, no, so he says, he sees the plates on the car he's stolen. And he's like, oh, you're going to get rain. He's like, oh, from you're from Texas or somewhere, yeah. Dallas or somewhere. He's like, what concern is it of you where I'm from? Yeah. Oh. And he just stares through the guy. Like, it's just <laughs> the way he talks and the, the way, the things he's saying to the guy and the guy's just getting more and more nervous. And But he's just never, his eyes just don't leave it. I mean, I'm sure if I watched that scene back, and looked, he, he might not even be blinking, to be honest. Like, I don't just think he does. And uh, uh, stares through this guy in the gas I station. I need to rewatch this. There's that this moment when, when, that moment when that, uh, the, the store clerk says, um, he says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to close now. And he has that little grin. And it's the only tiniest little grin he ever has. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, thought what's going to happen? It's yeah, it's like, I've got, I've got to close now. It's like, oh, what time do you close? Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, not time for a closing. No one yeah, closes at like, this time. Basically, that's what he's alluding to. He's like, oh, when it gets dark and you look outside, it's still light outside. Yeah. <laughs> he's first like, just kind of like, get out of my store because yeah. you're scaring me. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. And uh, I was going to quote the, the, the lines from that scene, but I'm not going to bother doing that, cause it, but it's just when he starts talking about the coin toss oh. and what it could mean to the guy and how far that coin has travelled to be in this one place <sighs> at this one time yeah, to decide this guy's fit. <sighs> And just oh shit! Yeah, and just like when the guy scenes. when the guy calls it and he lifts the coin, she's like, "Well done, well done." Yeah, walks yeah. off. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking so good. It's it is it's so yeah. It's his it, look it, though. It's his double denim. It's his crap Beatles haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His accent is incredible. His South American accent. I mean, he's a great. I love I love Javier Bardem anyway. 
Wasn't it in one of his first roles first time over I ever saw in him. the West? It's the, yeah. first, the first one. Yeah, it's the first time that it came to my in, attention. Uh, I liked him in uh, Skyfall as well. He Skyfall. Well, he won, he won the Oscar yeah, yeah. for this yeah. and then got the, the, the Skyfall gig off the back of that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said before about him being intelligent, like he might be unhinged and sadistic, but his intelligence is oh, deep throughout the film yeah. and his character. Like he's always one step ahead of the people that he's following. Uh, for example, it's the the part of where he's he's chasing Woody Harrelson's character. Yes, yeah, he's there waiting for him. Like it's kind of so clever. Yeah, but he, he's just a bit in the in the hotel scene with him sewing mm. himself. He's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's like borderline like sociopathic. Like but that's the difference. Every- he's not a psychopath. He's a sociopath. It's yeah, a, he's not insane at all. That's the difference. He's completely no, he's just, yeah. He just ha- he's, yeah, he's, he just has no regard for human life. Yeah. Like to him, it's just you are a job. Yeah, like yeah. Don't, if you get in my way, I'm just going to kill you. I don't care. Killing a human is like squatting a fly, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, nothing. basically it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, he has a it, it, as well with his other gun. He has um, a silent shotgun as well. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. So, which is really great. I don't think I've ever seen a silent shotgun in a film. No, I, I didn't think you could get one. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> just got this big, huge silencer on it that's it goes, like absolutely doom, massive. Doom. Yeah, it it's makes not that like, silent. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a lot silent. More silent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've just Googled it. Apparently, they're things. Wow. Suppr- suppressors for shotguns. They need to tell the people in Walking Dead for all this stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the, the scene obviously with ha- him and Harrelson's character oh. is another tense as fuck scene. The only thing that breaks it up is like the ring of the telephone. Yeah. And like the, uh, which is another thing about this film in general that kind of works around uh, Shiga's character as well as like, one thing that makes him really frightening is that Cohen's lack of music to pay oh, attention. God, it's sparse, the isn't film, it? the, I think there's like one musical track in the whole thing, and like there's just the use of silence and, yeah. and the noises around stuff that's happening. Yeah, makes that it, skill in editing to do something like that. Yeah, like so else. it's footsteps and engine hums, rustling you know, wind things, and stuff. wind and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what builds attention. It's not like this bu- building of like violins or pianos or any other things that's kind of getting under your skin. There's no uh, visual uh, audio cues. It's yeah, just so fucking good, in man. that room with them, and that's yeah, it's brilliant. It's just so suspenseful. Mm. So yeah, he is. I was just reading up about him as well about where people placed him on their kind of villain list. It's got to be I. So yeah, nostalgia critic named him the nostalgia. Sorry, the nostalgia critic yep. named him the third scariest performance of all time. Yeah, easy placing him above the likes of the Joker due to viewing him more of a complex character, while the Joker relishes on causing anarchy and misery. It's chaos, isn't it? Anton seems to feel that he has no choice but to do so. UGO.com uh, ranked him in the top eleven silver screen psychos, and he ranked forty six in Empire's one hundred greatest villains of all time. It's very high. If you go on to another list that Empire did, he actually ranked in at eight in their top twenty. Wow! So I think the top one hundred was one they did of fans voted. Yeah, and this top twenty was one. They always people, seem to have Hannibal Lecter magaz- quite high, don't they? First- yeah, mm-hmm. the, the people of the magazine voted for uh, this one. Yeah, yeah and Hannibal Lecter's number five on the list. Yeah, he's, so. he's always quite high. As another not psychopath, more sociopath type. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh. Anton Sugar is an extremely destructive and dangerous individual who wreaks havoc in every single time he does a yeah. job. He's yeah. just, I love him. It's incredible. Absolute, it's it's an outside the box um, pick as well because yeah, it, there's think, no campness to it. It's just no, it's exactly. Just it made me want to rewatch oh. it. This I, I really wanted to get it rewatched this week before this because I picked it. I was like, I must get that rewatch because it's such a great film. But I just didn't get the time. But like, yeah. he's up there for me. Of being like utterly despicable subhuman villains, as the likes of Captain Vidal and Amon Goeth. Yeah. So yeah. Captain Vidal mm. on Pan's Labyrinth and yeah. Amon Goeth is from Schindler's List. People who just do not regard humans, yeah, like mm. as anything other than like Ludo says in a bug. If you're below is me, Thanos I'll just... on that list. Mm. <laughs> Different. He's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Thanos is. Uh, Different breed, isn't it's it? Just, Two camps. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not scary. What 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 Stig is saying? It's like it's like when 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 you describe someone as Terminator like, that's the closest mm. we've got to a non science fiction version. I don't think it ever you'll, you'll never get a more ro- robotic or just focus focus. That's what he is. He's very focused yeah. and it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, like he's, he's still a lot. There's still a lot of dialogue from him in the oh, film. Oh yeah, like he's a not lot silent. more than you get from the likes of the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, but it's the way he speaks, his mannerisms, yeah. his facial expressions, precise, and everything isn't about it? Everything him. about yeah. him. He does not waste a breath. No, and it's ice. I think that's what makes an effective baddie as well. Like you said earlier, it's kind of like the calm, collected, like deadness of it. Because most people aren't psychopaths and aren't sociopaths, so you just yeah. can't relate to somebody killing somebody or doing something terrible and just not caring not breaking a sweat most most people can't actually relate to that and that's what makes it so scary and confusing yeah. and An- yeah. anton's literally apex he's just yeah i agree with stick absolutely incredible pick mate thank you for that um i'm gonna top that though <laughs> with the ultimate really? the darth pr- vader <laughs> Emperor Palpatine. no i'm not i mean great villains but yeah. you know easy uh, i'm gonna go with one of the original villains i'm i'm gonna go um to a book, uh, a book that cast your aversions uh, uh, away. I'm talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book, and Count Dracula. So Dracula. I almost thought for a second, sorry then, that you're going to say the devil. The devil. <laughs> the original <laughs> the actual That's devil. Going to. <laughs> he who walks backwards, Lucifer himself. Yeah. No, not quite. <laughs> so Dracula, Dracula needs no introduction, really, but I'm going to give him one. <laughs> So, Bram Stoker's uh, Vampire, it, you, you all know it's a novel, don't you? <laughs> Please. You, yeah, you yes. all agree with me that it's a novel, not just a film. Oh, many, many, many <laughs> films. So, a Transylvanian count who turns into a bat, sleeps in coffins, and allegedly, and drinks the blood of the living. It's a quintessential horror villain. That's like your week. More or less, my weekends, usually. <laughs> and in true undead style, he holds up well. So... That's what's that's what my favorite thing about this the book is. It's it's a Victorian book. I mean, late Victorian, but as a villain, has any of you actually read Dracula? And I'm not talking no. about watching no. that film because that film's good. So. I like that film, but um, yeah. So what, even with Keanu Reeves' accent, I don't I don't listen to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I don't believe he exists <laughs> in that film. So like the book in itself, it's it's very similar to Moby Dick. Have you read that? <laughs> Probably not. Have you? Yes. Oh, good. No. So with Moby Dick, it's it's, it's all um, journal entries and reports, isn't it? And that's what Dracula. Yes. Is. Um, so yeah, well, Dracula's letters home. Isn't let, it? Letters home. Yeah, because it, it's fun. It's it's kind of like two books in one. You start off as Jonathan Harker, aka Keanu Reeves, <laughs> <laughs> as a, an English lawyer, 
and real, real estate agent that he's gone to Transylvania, which is in Romania, to seal the deal for a count called Dracula for, um, to basically purchase Carfax Abbey, which for some reason people think it's in Whitby. It was uh, actually um, P- P- Pure Fleet, which is just north of central London. The actual Whitby uh, links are because Stoker. That's where he, that's that's where where he arrived in and that's England. Where, he arrived at Whitby. In the book on the uh, Demeter, the, bo- the, the boat, and yeah, he did arrive at Whitby, but he based Carfax Abbey on Whitby, uh, Whitby Abbey. You know what I mean? That's that's the link. So Dracula's Castle's not in Whitby, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never having that scampy anymore. No, never again. But yeah, um, basically, yeah, like I said, it's a bit like 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 like, like uh, Gadget said, letters home for the first half of the novel. You all know how the Dracula story goes. Um, Jonathan goes there and he meets a feeble old man. Um, he's 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 got a a thick Romanian accent, but he can speak English very well. Um, he likes to uh, play with his hair, his long hair. He's got a big thick mustache in the book, um, and he's just really odd. Like he notices there's not much light in the. He is you. He is he is me. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's, not got a lot of light. Um, it's not actually quintessentially pale like you'd expect. Like you know, everyone thinks vampires pale. He still looks human to Jonathan, but just old. Uh, he's got um, his nails are like glass. It's described that his, his long fingernails are like glass, and it's 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 really freaky. And <laughs> and Jonathan describes in his letters that sometimes he doesn't have a shadow, which is creepy in itself. <laughs> but we all know why because he can control his own shadow. But what I do like about it is some of the facts. And the law about Dracula. So, do you know what it's based on? It's based on just general Eastern European myths. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. yeah. So, um, let, I'll, I'll go through a few things rather than describing why he's the best baddie or why I like him. It's just we all know he, he's the king of the goths, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just fucking cool. And when he when he gets to England, he, he he's. He's actually a futurist, which people don't read because the second half of the book, when he's in England, he's quite a fut- he, he, he is obsessed with being modern and blending in and being because Dracula's it, sunlight doesn't kill Dracula and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? He's not that the typical vampire, and he wants to be like a, a postmodern, late Victorian man with his sexy clothes on and his cane and his curly black hair and stuff. A dandy, yeah, is it dandy, absolute, yeah, absolute dandy. Yeah, he, he wants to be like modern and reading literature and stuff. He even goes to the zoo. I mean, yeah, he might let some of the animals out to kill people, but that's different, isn't it? That's just, it's a different kind of guy. Just a quick one. Is Gary Oldman's look in the movie as about as close It's the closest I've ever got, I think. Yeah. Because people think like Bill Lugosi. Why on earth, why on earth did, obviously people think that Dracula's got an Italian accent because of Bella Lugosi. (laughs) He's Romanian for fuck's (laughs) sake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that, yeah, canonically, every, I'll, I want to suck your blood. That's Italian. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think Gary Oldman did really well, especially as the uh, the younger looking Dracula when he arrives to London and stuff like that. But that film's not brilliant. No. So, like Stoker said, he was compelled to pen the tale after dreaming of a vampire king rising from the tomb, following a helping of dressed crab for supper. So he had food poisoning, and that's how he came, that's how he came up with Dracula. Um, the first vampire novel was called The Vampire by John Polidori. Um, that's the first ever written in English vampire novel, because obviously vampires are folklore, aren't they? Um, 
And the reason Dracula came to England to live in Whitby was purely because Stoker read the headlines about Jack the Ripper and it fascinated him. Imagine that. Mm. Living at that time and like Jack the Ripper. And he, he, that's the only reason why he brought him to England because he wanted to like capitalise on that. It's fucking cool. And the link with um, Vlad the Impaler was because um, scholars still don't, re- don't know if he is based on Vlad the Impaler. It just... It matches up. No, the Carpathian Forest with Vlad the Impaler would have took over. I don't. I don't know the history myself. Um, brutal killings. Brutal killings. Impaling him because uh, when he died, um, he was found with a book called "The Principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia," which are regions in that area, and it had Vlad the Impaler in it. So that's the only link they had to that. So scholars have just put two and two together. So that's a, that's interesting. Um, what not many people know is, do you know where the original story was supposed to be set before he got the inspiration for Romania? Dracula nope. was going to be Scottish. Oh, <laughs> McDracula. Yeah, McDracula, yeah. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Instead of Dracula, it was going to be called Lord Wampire. <laughs> Glad they changed yeah, that. Yeah, that's good, mm, isn't yeah. it? The original actual title that... Only his publisher said we need to change the name. He was going to call it The Dead Undead. So rather than just check it, yeah. The Dead Undead. But yeah, um, I just, I don't know what it is with, I think the legacy of Jack, I mean, the legacy is more from the films. If, if, if you're going to be realistic, the, the, the original Bela Lugosi films and stuff like that, uh, Nosferatu, even though they couldn't, they couldn't call yeah, him Dracula I mean, in that, could they? Because... I always remember that image. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's probably one of the freakiest looking oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, there's ever been on Cellular. Count Orlock in that because they couldn't have the rights for Dracula then because it wasn't in the public domain. But since Dracula's yeah. been in the public domain, fuck me. He's everywhere from <laughs> Sesame Street to Count Ducula to fucking <laughs> everything. There's always a Dracula. Castlevania. Marvel, DC, Castlevania. It's just everywhere. And I think the legacy. Ah, a Lucas. Yeah, the, the legacy mm. of. The Prince of Darkness himself, the King of the Goths, the original. It's, I think that surpasses the actual books later on, but the book itself is... There is actually a sequel to Dracula book, but it's fucking shite. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So don't bother with that one. Um, Yeah, I I just think... I mean, what what is your guys' favourite portrayal of Dracula? In, in, uh, Christopher Lee, I think. Christopher Lee, yeah. Leslie Nielsen's in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is good. That's, that's funny. I, I like Interview it would be... the Vampire. Oh, that is a good one. Actually. Mm. Um, so most of the ones that I've seen are just kind of vampire films rather than yeah. actually Dracula films. I mean, a lot of people... like. Can, can they, does anyone know how Dracula dies in the book? Spoiler alert. How would, how would you kill a Dracula? A Dracula. I take it it's not a steak. No. That's not how you kill a vampire in that. Some nice chop, chop his head off? No. So oh. Jonathan Harker stabbed Dracula through the throat with a cookery knife, and Quincy's other friend stabs the Count in the heart with a bowie knife, and he simply disintegrates. So all the, enough, all the other like things are just been, what's been latched on from Hollywood, do you know what I mean? Like steak, garlic, yeah. sunlight. Sunlight doesn't kill Dracula. That's preposterous. Did you... Did you see that absolutely dreadful BBC version of Dracula? Yeah, well, it was a, horrible. A couple of years ago. Oh, horrible. I the one with the flies on the eyeball. And, and the yeah. plot twist that he woke up in the future. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get I, that far. I, th- I thought people... I'd heard people said the first few episodes were right, but then the ending was just... Yeah, he woke shite. up He woke up now. 
Because Dracula's, uh, I got Dracula's biggest. I, 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 I lost, I, I lost the will to live with that one shortly around about him killing all the nuns. Yes, in the convent. <laughs> Which is, is it? It just got to the point where we're going. Okay, this has now just achieved full one hundred percent weapons grade bullshit. You no, know, in, in the in the novel, do you know Dracula's death toll? How many people are killed? It's it's a handful, isn't it? It's, one. it's like one or two. One. He killed one. Well, that we know of. <laughs> he killed one person. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the whole the whole thing is supposed to be the supposition of the rumors yes. and the backstory Abs- of and, and that. It's not it's supposed when, to be what he's actively doing. Abraham Van Helsing turns up and just absolutely demonizes. Do, do you know what I mean? T- turns him into this fucking legend. Because don't forget, Van Helsing's in it, not Hugh Jackman, <laughs> an old man Van Helsing. <laughs> oh, then it's not worth bothering. With. <laughs> but yeah, but I think it's all the movies that have taken the concept, yeah. like Near Dark, Lost Boys. Yeah, they've ran with it though. Fright Night. They've all done something different. It's all based on the same thing. It's just Dracula kind of just got Hammer Horror just kind of did it. Mm. The word and the word vampire is said now. twice in the novel, which is an interesting fact, and it's only said twice by Van Helsing. <laughs> so it's like I don't even think Count Dracula considered himself a vampire. He was, just, he was just there's never no backstory to his origin in the book. When it, I think that's brilliant, like like we were saying with Freddy Krueger, he's just he's just. Fucking horrible bastard, isn't it? <laughs> so then, does that mean I, I've only just realised work this out? So I take it the iconic look of Dracula comes from the Hammer Horror. Yes, absolutely. So in the oh, book, cool. he's a gr- when, when Jonathan meets him in Transylvania, he's a grey old man, big bushy, bush, bushy moustache, great big bushy beard. Yeah, great big bushy <laughs> beard. Someone has to say it. Uh, and it's, it's just it's just old, and you can't. T- I mean, there is the scene that they do it in the film as well, where. When Jonathan cuts himself shaving, give me that blade. Let me have a little lick of that. That kind of weird stuff. There's, there's tells, and there's obviously the brides of Dracula. That's the real horror in that. So, do you know in the film when he, he gets manipulated by his three brides and stuff like that? That happens in the book. And he does catch Dracula out of his window on all fours in the garden talking to wolves. I mean, that's a sign, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's concerning. If your neighbour was doing that, you'd be yeah, slightly perturbed. And the fact that Dracula won't let him go home, which that's, that's also another. That's oh, right. He's a dog whisperer. Yeah. yeah. Just when you refer to the Brides of Frankenstein, there, just it just reminded me of the the, the absolute state of the ones in Van Helsing. Oh God! The, the flying harpy things. <laughs> the flying yeah. flying harpies that are perpetually horny and so in in the book. Oh, True Blood as well. In the yeah, book, it was blood, the Roman. Was really- yeah. It was me saying perpetually horny that reminded you of that, yeah. was it? Well, have yeah. you seen True Blood? In, in, oh, yeah. yeah. In, 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 first in, first in series, the book, yeah. it was the, the Roman Egyptians that were like telling Jonathan, like, don't, don't go in there. This fucking evil. It's evil. It's evil. And then the Roman Egyptians got corrupted by uh, Dracula to get him to England because Dracula's biggest. Do you know what his biggest weakness is? At all? Chips. No. His biggest weakness is he has to, he, every day, he has to. Be exhumed in sacred earth, so he has to get inside his earth. Do you know what I mean? Like soil, the coffin thing, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. that's why he's in the coffin because it's easier to just keep the soil in the coffin, isn't it? So yeah. that's his weak. So he employs all the Roman Egyptians that were like, "Don't trust him," because they were getting him money. Take me, take me to England. I'm going to lay in here for a while. <laughs> but in the book, he turns into a wealth and eats them all on the way around. So you know what I mean? He's but. <laughs> but that's all conjecture because we don't know if he, if he has done. That's like I saying, there's no conf- confirmed death toll. That's that's what's so clever about the book. It's all fucking conjecture. Oh, it's so good. You should read it. It's not stupidly long either. 
So yeah, that's why. One of those things I never got around to reading. I guess. There's a, there's a, yeah, I actually own it as well. I just haven't read it. A, it just looks it's nice. So it fucking, it's so frightening. The, the, especially the first, I like the first half better than the second half when he's coming around with his cane and he's looking cool. <laughs> and he's off to Zoants. He goes to the cinema and stuff. It's yeah. It's just, well early Victorian shows or whatever it is. Peep but, shows. Peep shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I just think I think it's it's such an iconic. Villain, because he's a villain. He's, I mean, he's. Well, he kills people and drinks the blood or has yeah. people killed. Yeah, 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 basically. And even if they don't die, they come back as vampires. It's still killing them, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think his, leg- his legacy is what, like, uh, what makes mm-hmm. me feel like he's, he's number one for me. Well, well, kids dress up as him in yeah. Halloween. They don't even know the concept. No, but they're dressing up as Bella Lugosi, cool. aren't they? Are Christopher Lee? <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. the difference. Like, if I said to my kids, "You're dressing up as Dracula." Like, if you want inspiration, go into the old folks' home and have a look at some of those guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. It's dude, jackass is yeah, an old grandpa. Because, <laughs> like I said, he wants to blend in, and then when he does come to England, he's a futurist. He's a bit like Tony Stark. He wants to see things prosper. He's obsessed with the Industrial Revolution and stuff like that. It's really nuanced as a character, but an absolute bastard. And uh, allegedly the son of the devil. So, Dracula. Love him. Anyway, I'm sure our listeners could probably top some of that. Um, have, have we got a bulging sack? Oh, it's absolutely bulging. Fit to burst. Um, we're going to rattle through some of these ones because we this one connected with the audience significantly. I bet it did. They're all baddies, um, that's why. <laughs> yeah. So, um, made you a mixtape pod uh, has said if you're looking for a portrayal of a villain, David Tennant was perfectly cast as Kilgrave in Jessica Jones. Yes, he was. He was, he was great. Was. He's in my he's in my shot list. He was one of he's the best things about terrifying. that show. Terrifying is what his powers. Yeah, the it's, it's um just just what it's he'd like. Just be like it. Just be like persuasion, oh, isn't um, it? Yeah, he just says something and we're done with them, and he just like he could just say, "Right, go kill yourself now." Yeah, throw yourself off, and, the, and people just go, "Yeah, yeah." It's like glamorizing, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's just, just scary what you could do. Yeah, they've also gone to say overall though, Doctor Doom. Yes, mm-hmm. oh, big up the Doctor um, Doom. Uh, Khan Noonien Singh pointing out Star Trek Two, not the Benedict Cumberbatch one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I am Khan. That's not the new one. It's horrible. Yeah, and um, it's just like. And who's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no context. Uh, Loki, Loki, and mm. uh, Rajal Ghul. So I'm probably going to say, assume he's talking about the Liam Neeson one. Yeah, though. not Rajal Ghul. No, I might be just talking about the the the, um, uh, the character, comic, the character, the demon general, head. Yeah. Mm. Um, X Radio X has said Agent Smith from the Matrix, the voice, the temperament, perfection. Mm. Yeah, specifically from the Matrix, not the yeah, two yeah, fan yeah. sequels. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the smell. Uh, terrest- terrestrial Extra said the worst body in media, Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the be- Don't even speak his name. The best body has got to be Darth Vader, but my favourite is Biff Tannen. Fantastic yeah. performance by Thomas F. Wilson. I can't fly. help but love to hate. Just quickly talking about Darth Vader. He, it's weird that you don't really see him do an awful lot in the movies. We've not seen the prequels. Just there, There's a hint Kills of kids. what he can do, you know, when he tries to choke somebody and he, he really pathetically kills Ben Kenobi. It's not the best fight in the world. Yeah. But it's not until Rogue One when you actually see him go all out. Uh, yeah. You're just like, Fuck. Don't forget he's Darth so Vader in Episode good. 3. 
Don't forget uh, that. Oh, that's I, right at the end. Still like, is. Yeah. Still kills kids. I, my my problem with Darth Vader is that I think um, from, well, I think specifically Return of the Jedi ruins him. I do. Because um, he's, a, he's a fucking lackey. He's a lapdog for the Emperor. I'd rather him be in not, charge. He's not in charge. Vader's not in charge. Vader's just carrying out orders. Yeah. He's intimidating he's and he's crow, scary. He? He's just somebody's fucking yeah, lapdog. But, he's, but that's, that's established in the first film. Well, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, you don't know he, about you know, the emperor, do you? In the first he, film, yeah. Well, no, well, well, no. But he's 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 working on behalf of um, an empire, um, Moff Tarkin. Oh yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Look, he tells him to put him down, doesn't he? Lord Vader. Yeah, yeah. stop strangling him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, well, you see, yeah. With that, I always kind of assumed it was like two very high level people working together. Ranks, you know, yeah. yeah. Like mm. he's not taking specific orders from Tarkin. Just Tarkin is giving, is telling him to do a few things. Yeah. Whereas it's that it's that last sequence in the second Death Star Ugh. in Jedi where it's like I don't know it's just it, it, it's very lapdogish and I think that just mm. ruins a lot of Vader's it's, it's, it's mad as well because he looks me. so intimidating like a samurai isn't he he's fucking scary looking as yeah. fuck mm. but yeah he's, yeah, I get what you mean with that I agree with you yeah. uh, Lee Davies has said the Nazis we all agree <laughs> yeah um, but specifically the ones in Indiana Jones oh they're yeah. shite Definitely. horrible bastards the, Chunky whack of a punch to a Nazi's face always brings a smile to my face. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Nazi. I, I like it when Nazis get uh, chopped up by aeroplane propellers. One of my favourite yeah. Nazi deaths. Off, yeah. off run out of blimps. Yeah. No ticket. I like the bit where Hitler signs that book. I think that's brilliant, that bit. Oh, in the third I mean, one. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, I mean just, just in general, any situation where a Nazi gets punched, yeah, it's I'm positive. all for Nazis getting yeah. killed. <laughs> Big fan of that. There's nothing wrong with Nazis getting what's coming to them. Oh. Um, that F King show guy uh, has said Hans Gruber, yes. absolute bastard who walks that line of being so cool you like him, but so evil you can't actually cheer for him. The and the fact that it was Alan Rickman's first Hollywood role is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Just a, a spoiler alert, he does appear in Hans Baby, so. Uh, <laughs> people need to get on the Patreon then for yeah, that. Yeah, you one. do. I've got to decide who's going to play him first. I think Stig's going to play Hans Gruber in Hans Baby. It has to be, really. It has to be Stig. I want an audition. You're in it anyway. I want to be hands. Okay. <laughs> Tigger's come in with his longest comment ever. Wow. It's, well, seeing as he was the one championing this episode in the in the Because he's through. a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so the obvious nomination is He-Man's forever nemesis, Skeletor. A perfect concoction of wisecracks, campiness, and unfiltered evil. Mm. And a skull for a face. Yeah. And However, that Twitter, instead that I would Twitter like... handle as well. With... <laughs> <laughs> Skeletal's always picking on that He-Man it's Yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant However, instead I would like to nominate the baddies From the near-perfect 1985 kids adventure movie The Goonies Yeah The Fratellis were, an incredi- were incredibly frightening For a youngster watching the movie for the first time They were creepy as fuck, genuinely violent And wickedly evil The film opens with Mama Fratelli and her son Francis Busting Jake out of jail mm-hmm. Culminating in a thrilling car chase to the beach Where they mingle their jeep in an organised ORV race. Off-road vehicle? Yeah. The freeing of Jake introduces the audience to one of the comic comic subplots of the movie, the rivalry and jealousy between the brothers who are desperate for Mama Fratelli's approval. Soon after the Fratellis murder some FBI agents, our heroes, the Goonies, come across the evil trio in their search for the starting point of One-Eyed Willie's treasure hunt. The scene with the boys being forced to drink the glasses of feta brown water with Mama Fratelli exclaiming, it's wet, isn't it? It's terrifying. And who could forget the recapture of Chonk on the highway, 
where he sp- uh, chunk on the highway, <laughs> where he spills his guts about the gang, hi- uh, gang hideout though. to a passing motorist, yeah. only for the interior light to come on and Jake Fratelli's face to appear in the wing mirror. Yeah. Seven-year-old me was horrified. The film then takes us on a gripping adventure with the Fratelli's falling foul of Data's booby traps, which must have inspired the Wet Bandits in Home Alone five years later. The Wet Bandits are worthy mention in their own right. Mm. And of course, we can't forget Sloth, the third brother who befriends Chunk and saves the day. Hey, you guys. The Goonies is a brilliant movie with perfect casting with Anne Ramsey, Joe Pantoliano, and Robert Davi as the amazing evil Fratellis. Yes. You didn't like Goonies, did you? Gotcha? like that movie. <laughs> no, I can't stand the Goonies. Gotcha I hate it. Suck. But that, but if, if, when he says you can't forget Sloth again, that's something that shows how evil they are. Yeah. They keep up their disabled brother yeah, locked he, up. He's not a baddie at all. Because he's different. Yeah. They actually oh, yeah. have him chained up. Yeah, like they, they yeah. are horrible people. And his brother just sings to him really loud and he doesn't like it and That's stuff. It. It's horrible. Yeah. They are horrible bastards for tellies. Horrible bastards. I love the Goonies. You, you you needed to see it when you were a kid, Gadget. That's yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is one of those films that you need to see as a child. Yeah, like Hellraiser um, and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, your man Bobby Wayne, Oodles, has come in. Oh, aye. With a, with a couple of quotes. Oh. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Oh. I hope you got your shitting pants on. It's not about Negan, <laughs> isn't it? Apologies to Oodles if I gave too much away, no. but I have to talk about Negan from The Walking Dead. <laughs> I know it. A, a villain with so much charisma Get that in reference. for me. I, I was well and truly in Pee Pee Pants City when he was first introduced in 2016, right on oh, the season that six finale. fucking episode crushed me and their heads. <laughs> <laughs> After being built up for most of the season, we are introduced to Def- uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, Negan, Stunning. the leather jacket wearing, baseball bat wielding leader of the Saviors, who proceeds to murder one of Rick's group before the credits roll, and we are left waiting to find out who. Oh, God. When we return in season <laughs> seven, he has Rick cowering like a whipped pup and even gets him to cut his own son's arm off. cowering as well. Stopping him to prove to- before stopping him to prove a point. <laughs> God. The way Morgan pulls off the character with that signature smirk, the confident swagger, the meticulous beard, the chilling whistle, and those fantastic one-liners has forever made him one of the more memorable villains of all time. Brilliant. A character that doesn't want to kill people, but he makes sure he enjoys it when he does, Mm. leaving all his subordinates completely unable to protect him and living in fear of stepping a foot wrong. And one more thing I'll say about The Walking Dead is they get character development right. As we find out more about Negan, we learn to love just how badass he is, why he does the things the way he does. The fact that he is bad, they may try to justify it, but we know he is bad and we still love him for it. And of course, his story arc takes a drastic turn, but at that point, he's no longer the villain to be concerned about. So putting all that aside, he remains my favourite villain so far. P.S. None of his one-liners sound right with a British accent. I hope he gets your shitting pants on. Sounds like a parent yelling at their child to get dressed. <laughs> so true. And P.P.S. The Joker is a good baddie, but a shit villain. Fight me, Oodles. I'll fucking fight you, boy. <laughs> Do you think there's a distinction between baddie and villain? Yes, a massive distinction. Yes. Yeah. Villains enjoy being the villain. Baddies... Sometimes they're in the right place, wrong time type situation. I think you can be I think accidentally be a baddie. I think it's just the archness of it all yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like who's, it's like uh, like a, a villain has a pathos to them. There's a reason why they're doing it. Baddies can just be cunts. a good analogy to explain <laughs> it is stormtroopers are baddies, the Sith are villains. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, Nimrod Hicks has come in with dear middling expectations. Wow. Every time. Every time. 
Uh, he goes on to talk us up about our live show last week. It was a lot of fun to be involved with. Cheers to all. Yeah, boy. As for villains, I, I pondered many. Hans Lander, the Jew hunter in Inglorious <gasps> oh, Bastards, God. wonderfully played by Christoph Waltz, was a contender. Yeah. Stringer Bell and Avon Barksdale from The Wire were also oh, yes. alongside Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. I must also mention Bruce Robertson, the dirty cop in the magnificent 2013 film Filth, based on an Irvin Welsh novel. Oh, God, that that's guy is proper awful. That's so good, that film. However, my final vote, and I agree with him on this one, this was on my shortlist, my final vote goes to the darkly charismatic Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Oh, the fifth oh, element. oh yes! <laughs> Divinely acted by Gary Oldman. A role of a lifetime. Zork is a greedy industrialist <laughs> that will stop at nothing to fulfill his covetous desires, including selling out basically everyone in his Faustian pact with a higher power of evil approaching the world. Oh. The moment when priest Vito Cornelius tells him he's a monster and Zorg coyly replies, I know. It gets me every time. <laughs> oh god, I love Fifth Element so much! <laughs> <laughs> Zorg's a great bad It's one of the best films uh, ever made. Oh. Uh, Best Boy Angry Kurt says there are two villains which stand out for me. Mm -hmm. My favourite is Frau Engel from Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I can't remember. Being a Nazi to to begin with helps her to be a great villain, but she's absolutely one of the worst fictional human beings I've ever come across. Oh, it's her with a scarred (laughs) face, isn't it? Yeah, Engel is. She is awful. She is. She's a Nazi. She's like like a female (laughs) Hitler, but her mannerisms make me hate her so much that I took pleasure in beating her up at the end of the game. (laughs) From the very beginning, I hated her when she makes you choose who to behead at the start of the game, and she doesn't let up from there. She even licks your face at one point. A horrible, but also excellent villain. Secondly is Doc Ock from the Spider-Man 2 film and the most recent Insomniac game. Oh, really yeah. Character yeah, I do. had some level of sympathy with him, which is unusual for a villain. Mm, I mean, Alfred yeah, Molina's interpretation of, of best, Doc Ock best is we've incredible. Ever seen. Best we've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. Better than comics, I think. Because he, yes. he, he, got the, he got the pathos behind Absolutely. The, um, Octavius Rice. I agree. Totally. And I the, think he's the, quite good in the, the Spider-Man game. The yeah, no, yeah, he's, he is. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he is. He's good, but it's very much a riff on what Alfred Molina Yeah, Molina absolutely turned that character from just Sinister Six character into, yeah, into totally actual... Right. Ooh, I mean, there's, 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 it's Shakespearean there's emotional almost. reason. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, the scene, I mean, it's not necessarily like him playing that character, but the scene on the operating table where the arms go oh, crazy. Oh, frightening. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It's a shame that he's in it, isn't he? What's his name? Who plays uh, Peter Parker. Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> Like that fringe on the girl, Ooh, the black his face, hair. mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smashes Clear's coming. Uh, I'm going for an unpopular pick, but one of my favourites is the Batman villain Bane. I love Bane. Andy, <laughs> can you do your uh, quote again? Which please? Bane is he meaning, though? Comics Bane or Tom Hardy Bane? Perhaps he's wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> Tom, is that you? Uncanny, isn't it? That was more comprehensible than, than in that film. Um, so he goes on to explain, partly this may be because I was just at the right age to be reading the Nightfall art when it was go. released in the mid-90s. Yes. Age date, the idea of watching my favourite superhero get his ass kicked mm. and be definitively beaten was just unthinkable. Yeah. yeah, break the bat. Bane is a physical match for Batman, and with his Venom super serum, incredibly strong and capable in hand-to-hand combat. Yes. But he didn't fight Batman head-on. He staged a prison break and forces Batman to round up all his usual rogues gallery. Only when Batman is exhausted and at his lowest ebb, Bane shows up to this house. 
He'd easily figured out who Batman was, planned to make him overexert himself, and then easily defeated him. The final fight isn't even particularly a challenge. Bane just beats him through Wayne Manor and snaps his spine over his knee. So good. Casting Batman aside in the street to show how little he thinks of him. Bane is a scary villain because he outsmarted Batman, outmaneuvered him, and defeated and could have killed him. That original arc builds narrative tension extremely well, and the way Bane stalks and calculates his attack before confronting Batman left a profound impact on me. All too often villains are either a physical match for the hero or an intellectual match. Bane wins on both fields. A terrifyingly strong single-minded master strategist. Now the movie versions, animated versions, game versions, and even the comic book versions in later arcs have been kind of a letdown. Yeah. Nothing has recaptured the sense of menace. Obviously the bright green roid monster from the Joel Schumacher film <laughs> oh. and the mumble-mouthed Tom Hardy version didn't even get close. Spoilers for the I Dark Knight Rises, the he isn't even the main villain. No. Bane is a great villain. Unfortunately, he's been a criminally underused or misused one since 1993. It, I thought it worked. No, it's Did nothing like... I understand a word he said. No, it's nothing like what the Bane that... that. I know, but it was... I like Luchador kinda... Mask Bane, South American mm. Bane. But the... But it's right, though, like... Oh, I've, um... God. If you play the the Arkham games, the Injustice games, like, it's mm. just so secondary and, like, easy to beat. Yeah. And, like, even, like, look at Harley Quinn. Like, I love the I love the portrayal of it, but he's just a piss-take character. Not in that nightfall, it, it, man. Yeah. It's everyone's whipping boy in that. And, uh, I mean, my favourite thing, obviously, about that, like I said, is the fact that he does the Tom Hardy voice for it. But, yeah, he, if you are someone who hasn't read that comic... Mm. I don't know a little bit like don't do a bit of research like me. He he comes off as a very secondary joke. Char- they like they always forget how intelligent he is. He's supremely intelligent, and that's especially in Nightfall, like he's described. It's one of those moments where you just think because Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. He's Sherlock Holmes with a billion dollars. You know what I mean? That's that's what it is. And Bane just outwits him. This man dressed in the luchador mask that uses chemicals to enhance his body and. His brain's always is. Oh, it's so fucking good, yeah. man. And and a few years later, Joel Schumacher turned him into a mindless yeah zombie, gay like. icon. Yeah, <laughs> he's intelligent in the movie. You just can't hear. what Oh, he's you saying. mean you mean the Christopher Nolan? Oh, no, day. I'm talking. No, I'm talking about the Joel yeah. Schumacher one. They just no, yeah, I'm talking just, about the movie. Yeah, but the, the, the Nolan Bane's different because he's probably gone. We need a baddie that's going to be able to break Batman. Uh, who did that in the comic? Bane. I don't like how he looks. He's got a luchador mask on. Let's make it worse. Mm. And I like <laughs> I like Tom Hardy as, as that Bane, but it's not, and I hate to say it, get ready, it's not my Bane. Um, last up we've got Ray he's come in saying hi modern escapism I'm naming Pagan Min from Far Cry 4 as my body of choice because in some sense this tyrant of Kriat is a true winner of the game if a conversation is had with Min at the end we would find out that he became a dictator and and dragged the country into a reign of terror to avenge his daughter killed by the king that he toppled but instead of rationalising the atrocities he has done with the story he frankly admits his daughter has become an excuse for his behaviour long ago and he's been enjoying the power and violence. But Min is not the only one spilling blood under a noble name. Two leaders of the resistance force slaughter and terrorise under the name of building a better Kriat, and the protagonist is killed under the name of fulfilling his mother's death wish. But hours after, the, after hours of game time, how many players actually still remember or care that we came to Kriat, the home of our family, to scatter the ashes of our mother when shooting our way to Min's mountain palace? As V for Vendetta said, an idea cannot be killed. 
then how about turning all your adversaries into mini versions of you and haunt the land forever? Ooh. Pagan Min is certainly the man who is having the last laugh in his helicopter. I, I think Pagan Min is the best Far Cry villain. I think he's better than Vaz and... Uh, the, what's his name in Five? Um, Shepard or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Seed, Joseph Seed. It's better than any of them. Yeah, I agree with him on that one. Love that character. And he dresses incredibly... I mean, mm. I mean, I mean, Voss was just—he was one note. Like he, he had that really impfactful line like quite early boss, on about madness. <laughs> yeah, and then and then after that, he's just there. He's become like that. <laughs> he's become like the Far Cry mascot, and it's like Ming's way better. Yeah. I mean, is, is, isn't he like a DLC thing for six? Oh, putting Voss back in it. Ridiculous. Did you know the? Um, there's an Easter egg. In there is in every Far Cry where you can just or... end the game immediately at the beginning. Yeah, by yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. You just sit. You... He tells you to wait and there, he get, he, and he leaves he the room, and then you go off. If you wait, he comes yeah. back, yeah, like, and then it's like game over. It's fucking clever. Far Cry's good, man. I haven't played one since the first one. About the time the aliens got involved with, about the time the aliens got involved with it, I thought this series isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Blood Dragon's good, man. It's good. Oh, uh, yeah, I've played Blood Dragon. That was, yeah. That's, it, that's synthwave gorgeous. Yeah, it is. I recommend, <laughs> I think, out of all of them that currently exist, I think Far's probably the better one. Get Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's the mailbag for this week. Oh, that sack is empty, baby. Right. Scrooge. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> Woo. Now, Candy, hit us up with those socials and those lovely sneak peek of what we'll be doing next week. Yeah, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Modern Escapism. On there, you'll find a link to all of our episodes and our socials. Uh, you can join us on Discord. We've got a wonderful community. Uh, lovely chatting with them all week, um, hearing their comments and everything. It's great to just interact with them. Um, if you do have any comments, you can either tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. And if you enjoy playthroughs, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash modernescapism. We have uh, regular streams on Saturday Oodles, what have you got for us? Well, I'm going to either be playing Avengers or uh, Walking Dead, so probably I might actually just stream Walking Dead because I'm playing it. I might not even talk to you all. I might just fucking stream it. You can watch me picking my nose while I'm playing it. <laughs> I'm here for the nose picking, I can't lie. Uh, Mondays, we're carrying on with Biggie Dies. Watch Biggie die his way through Dark Souls. Biggie, you came so close. Fuck that fight. I thought you had it this week. I texted Gadget. I was he's like, he's going to so do it. so close. And then he got stuck on some scene. He's like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And he just got burned oh, by the just, big guy. I think you're pathetic uh, now. You're pathetic. <laughs> the, the, the environment really is the third member of that boss fight. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> some, sometimes it can absolutely fuck you. Like, you use it for so much of, like, spacing out Ornstein and Smoo and keeping them at yeah. a distance from you or avoiding attacks. But then so, there's a one time where you think, if I just get just far enough away, I'll be fine. And you get caught on a pillar or caught on the edge. And exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. Sure. It was heartbreaking. But you, you, you've got the moves there. It's just putting it all together. You'll get there. I think you sort of lost heart, didn't you? I did. What was so heartbreaking as well was it was like right near the start of the stream. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Two hours later, yeah. <laughs> still there. Trust me. Once once you do beat them, the reward is worth it. It's a fabulous yeah, chest. So you say. I mean, it's just like you take that first guy out and you're like, yeah, and then the other guy gets even stronger. You're like, oh, for fuck. Well, that's, sake, really? that's that's why we all said focus on one of them. Don't try and take them both at the same time. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a two-person fight in Dark Souls 2 which fucks with you on that one. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, great. Uh, throw and watcher and defender oh. because they start healing each other. If you don't kill them quick <laughs> enough. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. It won't play too. Uh, 
<laughs> Wednesday, Gadget and Stig, are you carrying on with Sea of Thieves? I don't know! Yeah, we yes. will. Okay, yes, then. we will do. We, <laughs> by the time this comes out, last night's stream, Gadget will be on his own because I'm away on holiday. And so the next week when we do Wednesday night, yes, we'll be back doing more Tall Tales with Wish Johnny Depp. Stig confirmed. Uh, Thursday, we've got <laughs> Candy's Creature Feature, and I'm going to be starting Outlast this Thursday. I don't know if some yeah. of you oh, yeah. may have oh, seen right. me try and play Five Nights at Freddy's last week. I enjoy week. watching you play I haven't watched it yet. What happened? <laughs> Tell me. Give me a quick run through what happened. Did you go, ah, this is, ah, oh, ah, I'll describe ah, it. Basically that. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. Good jump scares. Um, it's a shit game, though, isn't it? It is shit, and it's I didn't get past night two either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All, all playthroughs get uploaded to YouTube so you can see the jump scares. Um, you can watch it in your own time. Search Modern Escapism in the channels list, and we just need a few more people to d- subscribe, and we will have our own personal link. So please, please subscribe if you can. Yeah, yeah subscribe. What's wrong Come with on. you? Come on. Stop being a villain. Do it. It's a click. Just a oh, click. Just subscribe. Bunch of baddies. Mm. That subscribe. <laughs> that's right. And that. <laughs> Smash it. Fall, fall. Smash it. That's it. Subscribe. Smash here. that subscribe button. Hit that like. That's right. <laughs> uh, Patreon. We've already spoken to that. So you've got five pounds for modern escape. It's five pound for modern escapees. Five pound for scorch sheep, or seven pound fifty for the biggie bundle. Please go for the biggie bundle. If not you're a car. Next week's. Yeah, or a buddy. Next week's subject is most underrated, so that could be actors, media, or technology. What's just not been given a fair Our shot? podcast hosts. They're not going to talk you up. Let's little... not talk about that. Fuck's sake. <laughs> and as, Awkward. And as always, if you have a minute and you've enjoyed our podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us get seen. Um, and if you have any suggestions or comments, leave us a five-star review and we'll read them all. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone that's listening. If you're not a patron, you won't be able to come round the back and unzip your pants. <laughs> but for everyone else, <laughs> but for everyone else, never forget that you do need villains. Because if you didn't have a villain, the good guy would just stay at home, bored. So, thanks for listening. Peter Reed, Peter Reed, got fucking monkey Z. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Going well back when Peter Reed was mm. a Sunderland manager. Yeah. Back in glory days for Sunderland. <laughs>